0: Nine. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at wrqk.com. I'm joined this morning by Matthew Fantone. I will uh, I will start this program out by by warning you a little. I uh, uh, I was in a great mood. Okay. I was in an aw- I was in an awesome mood. Came into work and there's been work done inside the studio. Nobody told me it was going to be done. Things have changed. It's nothing major, but but things have changed, and they don't seem to be working properly. Uh, well, of course, that's kind of how things work. You make a change, and then you know there's, you know there's baby steps along the way to get it to work properly. So there's a little bit of that, and I find it weird. Like what they did is my mo- like our computer monitors. They put them on like new racks, like on on new mounts in here in the studio, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but then they. They left this thing that makes all that noise there every time I have to move it where I am in the studio and whatever. It's just, I don't, I've never, how do I say this? Normally, when work is done in the radio studio, what they do is, is they come into the people who use it and say, where do you want this? How do you want this? How would you like this to be set up? They involve you because you're the one using it. Here, it's just like, oh, we're never going to tell you. Things are just going to be done. They're not going to work. And we don't care how it
1: applies to your daily job. Maybe they asked Nikki Six. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe Nikki Six came in last night and had some guys moved around. I don't know. That don't right know.
0: there is Matthew Fantone's way of saying we are not better served by this. <laughs> this is only this, Back is, it up, man. this is only gonna make the engineering department hate you. This is only gonna make the boss do. wanna yell yeah, he already does hate me. we we're, we're this is only gonna wanna make the boss yell at you for making the engineering department hate you. And you're probably right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Feeling better? Yeah.
0: I I just felt like I got dude. I had to get it out. I had to get it out. Like I said, normally, I mean, people have been complaining about how my mic stand sounds for nine months. I have written all the tickets. I have done everything I tried to do to get it replaced. Nothing. Nothing. The computer monitor stands haven't talked about it once. They're replaced. Nobody says anything. It's just strange. It's
1: just weird. I'm glad that you let it all out, dude. I honestly, am That's it. That's all I have. Well, there's nothing worse than you stewing on something. No. and I would much rather have it like, all right, dude, just get it all out of you. Here's and you'll my feel better.
0: Here's my point. Really, is this? Is that we're three years in now. This isn't 90 days. We're three. You know what it's like to deal with me, I, and not you personally, but they know. So if you're going to do this stuff to me, you know the reaction you get. So why don't you just swing by a little, you know, before you do stuff and say, how do you want this done? You're the guy who has to deal with this stuff the most. How would you like it? Does that seem unfair? Am I crazy? No. No, 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 no. Okay, that's it. That's it. I just wanted to make sure. Because every once in a while, I can get to Divaville for sure. I can get to the point where it's like, dude, come on. You know what I mean? You're not going to do this for me? Look at me.
1: But it, I feel
0: like, so like every once in a while I like to run stuff by you because I like to, well, I like to gut check myself.
1: Well, uh, what happened here is, is if, if, if we just took it on, you know, well, the computer monitors got changed and Stansbury flipped his lid. All right, maybe we're getting towards Divaville, but that's right. that's not the end of the story, though. The end of the story is that things happened within the studio that obviously should have kind of been like, hey, you know, sh- how do you want this? You're right. right. Hey, you know, you should have been addressed in that. I understand the well, we, frustration. We, we, well, we yeah, should be I addressed mean, in yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, is,
0: yeah. is how I kind of look at that. Yeah. Because, dude, like, in order to use these things properly where they're set now, I can't see you. If you and I can't make eye contact during a conversation, It's going. The conversation is not going to be as good. Like if you and I were both just staring at our phones while we're trying to have a conversation, it's not going to be great. Sometimes that happens, and guess what? It's not all that great. It's when the show sucks.
1: (laughs) You're like, you you guys always just looking at your phones. Is that what you two do? Just stare at your phones? And sometimes, yes, kind of. Sometimes, sometimes, yes. Now
0: we do have huge news. Okay. We have huge news. Okay. And I have always been suspicious of this. Is that coming on this show is a good idea? Like if you have something to promote. Or something to, uh, you know, something you want attention on, you should come on this program. It's a good idea. Quinn Cook did that yesterday. Canton Charge player. Went off last night. I hear Fantone, uh, do you tweet it out? 49 points charge record?
1: A franchise record, 49 points last night from Quinn Cook. Dude, absolutely incredible game to watch. 11 assists. If you don't, oh, wow. 11 assists.
0: If you don't think I'm taking credit for that, well then, you don't listen closely enough.
1: It was one hell of a, a good time last night at the Canton Civic Center. Canton Charge were just playing great basketball, looking really good, um, and 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 led by number two Quinn Cook, uh, absolutely amazing. I, uh, I I hope he continues with this success, but obviously it makes me a little concerned. Well, dude. the more success he has, the more he's going to get yanked yeah, out of it. Yeah, dude, you can't score you can't score fifty points with eleven assists and not have somebody looking at you. So like, I mean, dude, I want Quinn Cook to go make a bunch of money yeah. and be the man, but like.
0: Woo, y- you got to be careful because you don't want to fall in love with a can't charge player because it's like falling in love with somebody for the circus. They're going to be gone next week.
1: That's the thing about the NBA D League is that any of these guys, and that's one the, of it's it's the blessing and the curse. Yes, any it is. Of, any of these guys, they're they're a blown knee out from uh, from an NBA contract, and they they work hard every night to prove that they're worth it. But all that it takes out, or all that it takes, is a blown knee. You know what I mean? Right. And then somebody gets hurt on the on the on the Bucks or something, and then all of a sudden They're, Phone call, rings. they're calling Queen, yeah. Cook up, Queen Cook up, and then he. Gone but dude last night it was amazing to watch it was a great basketball game. okay
0: as we're as we're talking basketball I was gonna do this a little later but let's just get into it now okay um I'm sure you've seen this video of the Cavaliers last night yeah. they they were on the bench it's near the end of the fourth quarter and they're doing I guess what is called the the uh well the water bottle challenge where you take like a 16 ounce like water bottle like a standard and you flip it upside down and you try to get it to land on the bottom on its bottom half, right? Uh, internet
1: challenges, come on. What, right. do we do, what are we doing nowadays? But and yes, that's, that's what it
0: is. The tweet I saw was like from one of those, like, you know, the big lead or, like, you know, Bleacher Report type, you know, Twitter accounts, and they, you know, posted the video, and they said, you know, the Cavs playing the water bottle challenge is the most, you know, disrespectful thing ever, you know? And I kind of looked at it, and this is one of those things where I don't really care, but I understand that the optics don't play well, that I understand that that doesn't look good.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I understand that you know, in a perfect world, it's like no. When you're playing competitive sports, you're full throttle. You respect that opponent. Well, and, and 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 you're just well, not even respect. It's just you're trying to beat him so bad, and you're so angry. But it's not that's not the reality of pro sports anymore. Well, They were up like I think it was like one twenty three ninety four or something. Like I mean, that. this is you know, this is number one. It's the NBA where it's a pretty regular thing to be happening where there's people like dancing on benches and like making you know fun of stuff and like being a part of. I mean, like and how. So it's okay if, if everyone starts joking around when they make a three and like, oh, you yeah. know, that's okay, but it's not okay for them. And, like, I, listen, do I want that to be happening on the bench? No. And, obviously, if that was happening on the bench during a loss or during, you know, an important uh, season or important, like, you know, during the postseason or something like that, then, then I can understand it. But well, LeBron
0: was involved, and in the postseason, I don't think you see LeBron involved in that.
1: Of course not. I don't, dude, I don't think you see LeBron allowing that to happen on his bench. But when you're up by 30 points in the middle of December – and there's going to be it, nights like this, right? right?
0: And part of this is is that this has been going on in the NBA forever. We just see more of it now because more things are on TV, more things are on you know video because of phones like this and that. But dude, nights in the middle, you know, in the middle of the NBA season have been like this. Jordan has done this in the middle.
1: Of the, you just didn't know. Right? I, 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 let's, let, let's remember, you know, I mean, I don't know. LeBron with the Cavaliers, you know, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. I mean, there was like almost like full choreographed dances with like Delonte West and like, you know what I mean? And like, that was such a, you know, oh, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. the, the chemistry is a part of it, you know. And if you want to credit the Cavaliers for having so much chemistry and that's why they play well together and, and they have these cool handshakes at the beginning of the game, and it's like, well, there's going to be some of that that bleeds into the game. There just is. It's it it's not like any of these guys were out on the floor goofing around. It's not like there was anything, you know, disrespectful towards okay. the Knicks. It was them goofing around on the bench. Do I love it? No. Do I think it's a big deal? No.
0: Yeah, like I said, I, like I didn't like it. But when I saw it, I was like does this matter? Like I understand the optics and I understand like how like sports outlets need to tweet this kind of stuff to try to get people riled up. I totally understand because that's what the internet does. You know what I mean? The, you know, that's what Twitter is. That's all it is. But I uh I don't love it, but and I understand the optics are bad, but like I, I'm not gonna demonize the Cavaliers because they're having a little fun while they're blowing out a team that called themselves a super team when they got assembled, the New York Knicks, which was crazy. All right, holiday season's right around the corner. We have the science behind what you should be buying for gifts. We'll give you that next on The Sansbury Show.
1: Tom. Rock 1069.
0: Welcome back to The Sansbury Show on uh, Rock 1069. I've i uh, I've been texting back and forth a little bit this morning with Mike from Buzman, right? Busman. And, uh, you know, we made you aware of this last week, and we haven't talked about it yet. But next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, they're doing midget wrestling there. And he hit me up. He was like, "Hey, man. He's like, I, he's like, I knew you guys were talking about midget wrestling not that long ago. He's like, you know, he's like, have they reached out to you?" I said, "No." He's like, "All right, let me email him again." He's, like, he's like, "So we're gonna get them on the program. So that would be good stuff."
1: Half the or half the size, twice the violence, right? right?
0: That's what I. That's what I was told. Yeah, that's that's what. Well, that's what the Buzzbin Twitter account it said to me.
1: I uh, I'm excited, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Midget wrestling in downtown Canton that just feels right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Peanut butter and jelly.
0: Yeah, hipsters throwing little people around Absolutely Feels good <laughs> It feels right Now, that's a school night Tuesday Obviously, we work Wednesday morning But I gotta tell you I think I go out for that one yeah. I think I think that's honest to God Work your life around Take a nap during the day So you can stay out a little later Because I want to see that
1: In related news Best of Wednesday morning on the Sansbury Show Wouldn't that sorry be fun? Could- sorry we couldn't make it Oh, in. that'd
0: be cool You can blame Mike and Buzzman for that Not me I'll tell you what, man. The last time I was in that place, I dude, I stumbled across a band I ended up really liking a lot.
1: That'll happen to Buzzman, man. It's certainly one of those establishments um, you go and you're like, I don't even know this band, and next thing you're like, oh my god, I love this band. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I dude, I stumbled across the uh, the aberration in there. They were pretty damn good that band. So. Tuesday, there's a <laughs> there's midget, which still makes me feel like a bad person saying midget this many times. I do. I don't think that's the proper terminology, but I'm telling you, I think it is. I think. Well, didn't we find out the other day that it's like if you can shoot them out of a cannon, it's okay to call them midget? Like, isn't that that's where we drew the line, right? Yeah, as okay. as
1: as the uh, you know the liberal bleeding heart of this show, I think it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, I think it's okay. So we can, I can size shame
0: the little people. I can do that. I can. I'm allowed to do that. What does Buzzfeed say? Elite Daily, am I allowed to side shame people? What happens there?
1: There's a hashtag. It's fine. It's your okay. go
0: <laughs> Okay. Tuesday night, midget wrestling, BuzzBin. And like I said, uh, it sounds like Monday morning we're going to
1: talk to a couple of them. It'd be cool. And by talk to a couple of them and kick their asses, dude. You're <laughs> going to be able to body slam one of those little midgets, dude. It's going to be a great time. Dude, I can't. Dude, that'd be
0: hilarious if a midget picked you up and body slammed you. It's not happening, dude. There's no way. Think?
1: There's no way he's gonna be able to body slam me. He can knock me over, maybe. I've got a high center of gravity, but there's no way that guy can pick me up. I'm six foot seven, dude. Is that right? I'm like three of those midgets put together. Right? I think, dude. I
0: you haven't watched enough WWE. There are mid-
1: <laughs> oh, that's the problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are definitely midgets that could pick you up and move you around.
1: Um, if if it's three midgets on each other's shoulders wearing an overcoat. Then maybe. Oh, well, that
0: is. Did you not know? That's the midget ladder match. They no. stack <laughs> on top of one another. Oh, it's, it's a completely different ladder match. Yeah. Sounds
1: awesome. Sounds great. Tuesday night. Can't wait to be a part of it. Okay, maybe we shouldn't be promising people things that are. <laughs> I don't know if the ladder match thing is real. I have no idea. Do you think they wrestle in a full regular size wrestling ring, or is it well, like that would be unnecessary, a, right? A, a midget accommodated, you know, wrestling ring. I don't know. Tuesday night, we'll find out. That's like putting in. The, that's like putting an infant in a
0: California king bed. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. You, I don't think they need a California king crib. I don't think you need that. Before the break, we were talking about the Cavaliers. They were doing like the water bottle challenge on the sideline. Right. In the game last night. Now, the game, now, the game locked up. Totally, uh, you know, going to win there. Uh, it was like 124.93 or something like that. And, you know, like 50 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. The video I saw, anyway. And like, they're kind of flipping a water bottle around and you and I kind of talked about it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't love it, but the optics aren't great. And I can understand why people want to retweet this and kind of like look for trouble. And uh, Leo, a listener of ours tweeted in. He said, Hey man, he's like, he's like, I'm just asking the question. He's like, but would you have given a pass to, to Steph Curry and Draymond Green on the sideline if they were doing that? And I said, I was like, well, that's one of the reasons I brought it up. I, I, I really do. I was like, I didn't love the optics. And if it were the Warriors, I do think people would be hating on it a little bit more. I do.
1: At least with that, what I will be able to say is that I hate Steph Curry and I hate Draymond Green. So no matter what, what they, they do, do, I'm an irrational hater of those two, of, of that team. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't matter who's on it. Doesn't matter what they're all doing. All right,
0: let's examine that for a minute. I despise the Golden State Warriors. Because of how they put it together or what's the deal there? Uh, I'm just Honestly, curious.
1: because they beat the Cavs at, in, oh, the in the NBA Finals. Okay. And that was enough for me to be like, all right, this is, a, this is a villain to me. This is a team that I'm going to despise. This is a team, and then when you play twice in, in you know, in finals, that's obviously you're building a rivalry. You're building that big time rivalry, right. um, you know, and there's you know, obviously some personnel issues. I don't like Steph Curry. I don't like the mouth guard thing. I don't like his wife, but all that really is. Probably, I find his wife to
0: be a little annoying. She's hot, but she's annoying.
1: All that is probably driven just by like I want my team to be able to beat you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and okay. and, and also totally being called the greatest team of all time that irritated me too. The 73 and nine issue became became kind of like a point of contention with me where it was like. Like, dude, you're not the Bulls. So just stop trying to you know, you stop stop pretending like you are. You're not the greatest team of all time. So I think that all adds up. Now the real question is, if this was two random players on the Milwaukee Bucks, would I would I would I get mad? No. You're right, because they're not polarizing yeah. the way the Warriors yeah. are. If, if, if yeah. Right. If this was two dudes on the Nuggets... Although the,
0: LeBron is, to the rest of the league, to the rest of the fan bases, he is polarizing the way Steph is to us. And
1: I have to make some room for... I will always be a LeBron apologist. As soon as he came back to 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 the Cavs, I would do you that. You didn't couple, care anymore. Welcome arms, home, bro. Welcome yeah, home. Come yeah. back to me. I love you too, yeah. man. But if, if this was, like I said, if this was somebody on the Denver Nuggets, I'm going to have the same opinion of like... It, you probably shouldn't be doing it, but it's not the end of the world.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. Leo, I'll be honest with you. If this was Stefan Draymond, I would hate it a little bit more. I'm, I, it's totally hypocritical. I'll admit that. You know what I mean? I'm a human being, too, so every now and again, I'm going to be flawed. Not a whole lot, but you know, every now and again, I'll be flawed a little bit. I saw this being passed around the other day, and, and, uh, you know, it, and people are shocked about it, and I don't understand. Nostalgia is a big thing, and this is, just, this is just another thing coming back around, right? Okay. And that is apparently Nordstrom's is selling a, a a like a rock and it's wrapped in a leather pouch apparently for some reason yeah. and it's like 115 bucks or something like that. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 115 bucks is really? what well. Right? Around $85 US and 114 like wherever it's being sold I believe Australia or wherever. And so it's like we'll call it 100 bucks for a rock in a leather bag. And people are like, "Can you
1: believe this?" And my answer is, "I can absolutely believe this." The pet rock was the thing in the 70s. Pet rock costs three dollars. You know what I'm saying? This costs 185.
0: The pet rock costs going out my back door.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's
0: that's a, so you 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 bring the finances in it, and it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me because it, it's still the same thing. And so, yeah, I, I believe this is a new version of the Pet Rock, and Nordstrom's is going to cash in on people who have too much money and want to be uh, you know, ahead of the curve on like the new thing to do, and they're going to do this. Now, the rest of you are out there buying gifts, probably not going to spend 115 bucks on a rock, and nor should you. Now, there's been science done in uh, the University of uh, Carnegie Mellon That says that people screw up gift giving because we both want different things, meaning the gift giver wants something different than the gift recipient, the gift giver. And this is totally true. We put ego into this. And what we want when we give somebody a Christmas present is we want them to open it and we want their eyes to get real big and we want them to be super and like be wowed by it. But they have done the study and the recipient, what they're really looking for is less of the wow in the moment of opening the present and more of the this will be a utility for me to use throughout the year, more beneficial to my life versus just like in the moment open it. And that's totally true. As a gift buyer, what you want is you want to walk away from that as like I nailed Christmas. You're not necessarily thinking about them. A lot of times, what you're doing is going. I'm gonna nail gift gift at Christmas. I'm totally guilty of
1: this. Um, I, I definitely understand. and I'm a good gift buyer. I understand practical presents, and they really do make sense. And you know, when you when you take a step back at the end of the year, and like, all right, what meant more to me? That thing that opened up my eyes really big, or the thing that I used every day? Obviously, the thing you used every day is going to be better. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that's. <laughs> I don't want to say the point of presents is to kind of give something that you wouldn't normally use because like, yes, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use more groceries at the end of the day or at the end of the year. than I'm going to use, I don't know, whatever, whatever present you give me, but I don't want groceries. I want something that is, is, is something I normally wouldn't buy myself, something that's like a treat, something that's special. I think that kind of takes away from the purpose of gift giving.
0: My whole gift giving system has always been this. I want to buy you something that you want that you would desire, but that you would never buy for yourself. And I always use my sister-in-law as the example My sister-in-law works very hard and she's got a great job, but she works very 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 hard and a lot of hours and So we always try to at Christmas time. We try to take care of Roxanne That's kind of like the You know the whole family's thing And so I, I go back to the one year where I bought her a really nice purse She wanted it could have totally afforded it But doesn't because she'd rather buy things for my niece and you know that kind of stuff she could afford totally wanted it wouldn't buy it and so I bought it and gave it to her because I was like, this is something she wants and she'll never buy for herself. And I feel like that's the best gift. I, and I try to do that because that's what I would want. But there have been times, definitely with girlfriends, where I was like, you know what, they need this more and she would like it just as much. But there's something about when she opens this, her eyes are going to light up. She's going to think I'm like the best gift you know buyer ever. And then I'm going to get a bunch of credit. And really what you're doing at the end of the day is you're making gift giving all about you and not about the recipient. I've totally been guilty of that. Alright, uh, I, I heard it a lot the other day While we were out broadcasting live for Long Haul Against Hunger I heard a lot of people talking about how they're looking for jobs Or just recently lost their job Or people are thinking about switching jobs A lot of us are screwing up the interview process We're going to help make that easier for you Help get you a new job Next on The Stansbury Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9 We have a pair of tickets to check out Dead & Company It's The Grateful Dead Featuring John Mayer June 28th Blossom Around 9.30 We'll get choked up With those Show's not till June Passing them out A little early
1: Win them before You can
0: buy them Damn right
1: Touch the touch toe. Damn right Two for Tuesday
0: It's Thursday right Yeah well Dude don't do that to me Dude don't do that to me <laughs> I was gonna say No it better not be Tuesday
1: No dude no Things would Things would go south Quickly if it were
0: we're online at WRQK.com. Head over there. You can check out the new Ronda Rousey hype video. Uh, she's basically released this video solely to like address the haters. She's full on admitting. She's heard you. She's heard what you've had to say. She's responding. And she's out to prove everybody wrong. And later this month, she's out to prove that she is the most dominant female MMA fighter in the history of the uh, well, the sport. And uh, on a side note, buddy, I got the email the other day uh, from the UFC, and they send out like a cattle call for like interview type stuff, and you can sign up. Uh-huh. And so I have requested, I have not heard back, but I have requested to have Paige Van Zant join the program, which is a uh, which is another female UFC fighter. Pretty damn good, Paige is. And uh, so we'll find, uh, waiting to hear back from the UFC about whether or not that'll be a reality.
1: I, I thought Paige Van Zant was a porn star, but I guess I was wrong. Well... I bet she
0: is. You know what I mean? It's a little too not same chick, but like I'm willing to bet there is a Page
1: Van Zandt porn star. And There's a parody out there at some point. Um, I can I'm sure there's a Ronda Rousey porn parody, right? I can't believe. That's not like a whole thing, like the MMA Brazzer style, you know what I mean? Like, for as many parody videos as there are out there, I bet you there's a Ronda Rousey one, but I'm talking like all the dudes, you know, dressed up as the dudes and like all the chicks dressed up as Yeah, this as for as popular as UFC is. How is there not a gangbang video? You know what I mean? Like, Well,
0: there was that... Oh my God, I can't believe we're doing this now. I uh I can. I, <laughs> Are we going to do it later? (laughs) No, that's not what I meant at all. Man, you missed the point of that. I uh, well, there was that one porn organization where they actually legitimately do have girls cage fight and then they have sex after it. Oh yeah, like yeah, my yeah. buddy belonged to that site.
1: The um, that's that's especially with like chick domination. I've yeah, definitely that seen I stuff knew like fought that. In that. Um, but I'm I mean I'm I'm talking like specifically like an, M- like mocking the UFC. Yeah, I can't believe that that doesn't exist.
0: Well, I mean, somebody go to Pornhub and type UFC in the in the search bar. You might learn something new there. I might not be Ultimate Fighting Championship. You might see, I don't know. Giving ground and pound a whole new meaning. Dude, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. All right, you ready to take lessons from us on how to get a job?
1: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, rule number one. Don't talk about pouring up at the job interview.
1: Yeah, it's not going to go Rule number well.
0: one. Now, you'd think that would be common sense. A lot of people don't know that one. All right? A lot of people don't know that one. But I heard it a lot while we were broadcasting live for Long Haul Against Hunger, and, and, and it's it, it's sad, really. It's like you know, multiple people came up to me, and said, man, I lost my job, I can't find work, I'm having a hard time finding a job, and so I, uh, I I read this article this morning, and you know this article comes up out about four times a year, and we'll cover it all four times because people are obviously still missing this, and it's how to interview properly, and you're sending signals whether you realize you're sending them or not, and. Um, people who are versed in this stuff are, well, they're versed in it. So they're sitting at the other side of the table, and they're looking at you. They're judging everything, not just what you're saying.
1: Well, you know, on a good day, you have one job interview. You know what I'm saying? Right. The job interviewer, the the guy doing the interview, sees 20 of you a day. Nonstop. Right. I mean, he's just spent that's eight, his whole day. eight hours going through people or like her. you.
0: That's their whole day. So I shouldn't have to tell adults this, but being late is something that's going to ruin your job interview. If you show if you you can't even be on time for the interview, we now know what you're going to be like two, three, four weeks into your into working at the place. Yeah, I can imagine what a nightmare you'll be after a month, you know, like
1: if if you if it's so I was late to the interview still got hired if it's so low on your priority list. Right. And, you know, I dude, I can't stand lateness. I understand that sometimes it's unavoidable, unavoidable, and it happens. And like, well, dude, you couldn't predict a flat tire. You couldn't predict, you know, unforeseen circumstance. But if you're a person who's habitually late, it's disrespectful. It It really really is. is.
0: It It really is. I really don't enjoy to be late. I was a little later than usual today. I don't like that. We don't really have a hard time in. Right. But there's definitely a line where if if either one of us cross it, we are looking at the other one like, dude, really? Like, really? we're And we're both pretty good about that with one another. Where We're we trying not to because we don't want to sink the
1: show before it starts. The only line, dude, that I have is 6 o'clock. I don't care when you show up. I don't care. It's you, You're a grown adult. Like, I'm not your boss. I'm not your dad. You show up when you want to. But as long as you're there when I need you. You know right. what I mean? Like, if I'm sitting here looking like, oh, my God, where's Stansberry? Uh, dude, show up at 550. You know, whatever. <laughs> like,
0: you're, as I did today. You're, you're grown-up. Do what you want. So... Another thing people do in these job interviews that you're screwing up is that that the guy interviewing you or the woman interviewing you, they try to, like, kind of befriend you a little bit, and you let your guard down and then start talking to them the way you would a friend at the bar, and you don't realize that's your potential boss. Yeah, that's them trying to find out who you are. Don't fall for stuff like that.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously, you kind of have to be the one who's not setting the standard of professionalism, but you've got to make sure that it's staying where it's supposed to. And here's another one:
0: apply for the job correctly. An HR manager had this to say: I posted a job, I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to be a popular job in the area. And I told people to attach your cover letter and like your resume via PDF file. And he said, I got a thousand responses on the job. 10 people put their cover letter and their resume in a PDF file and attached it to it, 10 followed the directions properly.
1: It's hard as a person looking for a job because there comes to be a point when you're doing it so much and you feel like you've looked at every job and you've read every posting and you've responded to everything that it's just like, all right, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And you just kind of get into this like, all right, attach the file. Hey, I'd like to inquire about the job. But you really do have to give all of those you know attention and kind of like attention to detail and to make sure that the, the, the thing that you're applying for, you're, you're right, you're doing it correctly, you're following the the instructions and you it know shows
0: you can take take direction
1: right and instead of just saying you know to whom it may concern like finding out who that person is you have to go those extra steps to make it look like you care it's gonna help you yeah. it's gonna help you we've
0: talked about this one a couple of times while handling a, a similar story and i can't believe i have to sit grown-ups down to tell you this stop with the embarrassing email addresses it's 2016 we're looking at 2017 from like across the street it's coming right? Right around the corner now. Here's your email address, America. Here it is. No variations. Here it is. First name dot last name at gmail.com. Anything outside of that and you're insane. While applying for a job, anything that's not first dot last name or last name dot first name at web, you know, browser or whoever's email you, you use, you're crazy. You're crazy. If it's still Martha's Mommy1249 at Yahoo, you look like an idiot.
1: Or worse, Dark Lotus Juggalo420XXX. You look like like an idiot. What are you talking
0: about? Come on, guy. last at gmail.com. It's as simple as that. Anything else makes you look like a child. You look like a small child. Don't do that. It's all right to have that email address for like the book club or whatever, but even your friends are looking at you like, dude, I'm not going to email you. I'm not putting that in my phone.
1: Well, I mean, email, you know, isn't exactly what I want to say. It's kind of an antiquated thing now where, unless you're doing it in a professional level. Well, that's just
0: it. It's right. only for professional right. situations anymore, is your email address. So, having like this, you know, well, I'll name it after my favorite Game of Thrones character is my email address. No, you're an idiot. Don't do that. last at gmail.com. There it is. That's law. That's the Stansbury commandment. There yeah, it is. We, we, we got into those commandments a little bit yesterday. I'm adding that one. There it is. All right. So Trump, President-elect Trump, is filling out his cabinet. He's, uh, he, he's appointing people to positions in one. Caused all kind of ruckus yesterday. And uh, we're going to examine it a little further next on The Stansbury Show. 6 nine. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show. Uh, Rock 1069. At 8 o'clock, we're going to find out the last thing that made dudes cry. Yeah, I want you to think on that one. Okay. Because I know what your answer is. going. I When I prepped this last night, I was like, he's just going to look across the board at me and go, I don't normally cry. And then the bit's going to die. So, like, can't have that. Okay. I'm
1: you're, not much of a crier, but I'm, I'm looking you're back. Dude,
0: I'm, you're a dude who lives in fear of your girlfriend and has two cats. There's been crying at some point, and I want it. 8 uh, o'clock. We have a list of things. Apparently, this was like a Reddit thing. And dudes just started admitting, like, the last thing that made them cry. Some pretty interesting stuff. 8 o'clock. We'll do that. And then uh, nine thirty, we'll send you out to Dead and Company, Grateful Dead featuring John Mayer, June twenty eighth out of Blossom. Obviously, uh, these are win them before you can buy them tickets. Nine thirty, we'll pass them out.
1: Got to touch the touchstones. That's right.
0: So Donald Trump has been, uh, you know, uh, appointing people to the positions as uh, as your transition team will do before you take office. And uh, your least favorite person, Donald Trump, is now teaming up with what I would assume would have to be one of your favorite people. As he has tapped wife of Vince McMahon, Linda McMahon from the WWE, well, organization, to head up the Small Business Administration, SBA. And this was one of the most passed around things I saw yesterday. And it seemed as if people were really... Either upset about this or wanting to laugh at it Thinking it was ridiculous Trump haters seem to think that this was a move That like solidifies their point And see dummy doesn't know what he's doing That seemed to be the take Via the internet yesterday Now I don't know I don't know Linda McMahon at all Okay And to be perfectly honest I'm not exactly sure what the head of the small business administration Does
1: day in and day out Okay I don't really know Everyone on Facebook does. Just go check Facebook. They'll tell you. They'll let you know. They'll let you know there.
0: And that's why I'm going to be the guy who's going to be honest and tells you I don't really know what they do. Here's what I can tell you. Linda McMahon, 68 years old. She was a major Trump supporter. She gave $6 million to a pro-Trump super PAC during the election. Now, the SBA has an office in every state, and they help with financing and training for small businesses and entrepreneurs there. Okay? Okay.
1: Which obviously is a very important thing, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like That needs to be a part of, of our government, is making sure that small businesses have the resources available to them to succeed. Huge, huge responsibility.
0: So as I had just said, that I don't totally understand what the SBA does, day in and day out, I want to also tell you that I don't totally know the history of Linda McMahon. I don't really watch WWE. I don't care about it. It's not my thing at all, right? I just don't care. But... That you can't argue with the success of that business. And once upon a time, it was a small business. And from what I have been told is that she had a huge hand along with Vince. You can't, you know, you can't discredit Vince, but I've heard that she's had a huge hand in pushing that product up the hill and making it what it is today.
1: Is that true? Um, well, I mean, certainly, you know, she's been very involved in the company, just like his kids are. Um, did she really have much of a, uh, what do I want to say, much of a hand in Vince's father giving him the company and, and, and those early days and kind of what happened there? I don't know if no, I can... No, probably not, but... I can't credit her for... for Making it from small business to large business um, but I can certainly credit her with you know some of the continued success she was definitely a part of a lot of a, a lot of that um there's a difference though and when it comes to you know and I'm not saying you would have to be a small business owner to uh, to be in a an appropriate pick for this position but owning the wWE and growing the wWE is obviously fundamentally different than what most small business I could argue that with any
0: any business person you put in charge of this, though, right? I mean, I couldn't. Couldn't I? I mean, essentially, if we keep if we keep going down that role of well, it's fundamentally different. Then all businesses are fundamentally different. But
1: but, but if we're saying if we're saying that like, well, she grew the WWE from a small business into this major giant, you know, uh, juggernaut. It's not going to, you know... That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate well into this position. I
0: don't know if she's going to be a great head of the Small Business Association or not. My point of talking about this was, though, is that... Other people that don't know much about this stuff or don't know any more about it than I did were acting as if yesterday this was an egregious pick, and I think it partially was because of what her current business is oh, and the course. fact that the WWE is a little bit of a slapstick kind of league. Of course.
1: I mean, there's... there's,
0: there's, But there's, that doesn't mean she's not qualified. No.
1: I mean, you, just because you're I involved don't know. in that... Um, doesn't mean that you're going to be unqualified, I, uh, but it certainly doesn't mean that you're going to be like and I obviously people who, who suddenly become constitutional lawyers and in and their they're, they're, they'll tell you what the Supreme Court is all about. and they'll you know, Facebook, you know, is scholars. Yeah, I
0: did. I had a bunch of people yesterday with plastic name tags on their shirt trying to tell me that this was an awful pick. And it's like, dude, you don't know that you have no idea if that's true. You don't know that.
1: I just, you know, I don't know what experience she has in, you know, fostering a, a, an environment where, you know, small business can thrive. I don't know what makes her an expert of that. Just because you have a very successful large business doesn't mean you're going to understand what the the struggles of a small business. Given that the fact, and I'm getting, I'm purely speculating
0: here, okay? Given the fact that their business operates in all U.S. states, does she have to... Was there a time where she kind of needed to be up and be versed day in and day out on different business practices of different states of what you can do in certain areas and what you can't in others? I wonder. I don't know.
1: I would like instead of if ands, and buts, it was like, no, definitively, this person is strange Well, that may be on record somewhere. I don't know. Well, I mean, wouldn't that have been a part of the articles yesterday? Was that Linda McMahon has certainly... I don't know.
0: I mean, you know, again, I don't know if I can trust somebody, even though it's in print, to lay out that to be part of the article. I don't know. Maybe she hasn't. Maybe she doesn't. It just seemed to be yesterday that that the anti-Trumpers were up on their hill about, see, dumb, dumb, dumb. And I'm not sure this is a dumb pick. I don't know that it's a smart one. I'm not out there telling you it's going to be great. But I don't know.
1: And doesn't it kind of reek of... Well,
0: isn't this draining the swamp a little bit, though?
1: Well, but doesn't this reek of cronyism, where it's like, hey, you gave me $6 million, alright, I can certainly make a find a spot for you. Your, your husband, you, you're a billionaire family, I can f- certainly f- find a spot yes, for you.
0: Yes, there is part of that, and my guess is that if I went back through every president, including the one that's exiting now, if we went through every appointment, we could find cronyism.
1: Wasn't that one of the big things, though? Is that, you know... Well, it, you can't have it both ways, though. You can't have it be like, look, he says he's gonna drain the swamp, and now
0: he's not. Look, it's this chief of staff is this and is this is this and this and this and now he comes way out of left field with a pick and now nobody's happy with that. So right? I mean do Trump is because of who he is, because of what he says and because and look, it's his fault. But he has put himself in this situation where it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. And no matter what he does, it's going to be considered to be a dumbass move. Because let's be honest, he kind of looks a little dumb. His hair makes him look a little dumb and you know disheveled and a little little stupid. And he doesn't always say the right thing, so he kind of comes off kind of dumb. So no matter what he does, it's like well he's an idiot where I'm not sure that that's totally true. I don't know. I don't know how this Linda McMahon, Linda McMahon thing is going to play long term. I have no idea. And neither do you. And that was kind of like my whole, not you, but the collective view. And, and that was kind of my whole point about
1: it. Well, yeah, I mean, we can only go with what's happened thus far and, and whether you agree with, you know, the decisions made to this point. We can't start playing the hypothetical game of, well, you know, she's going to end up, you know, ruining everything. You, we, we don't know that. Of course not. Um, I think the far more concerning pick is Ben Carson to lead the housing and Urban development program, which uh, mind boggling to me.
0: That guy dude. Ben Carson's always been a head scratcher to me because he's an intelligent guy who has said some wildly unintelligent things and it that did seem like a weird post like you're kind of wasting what his background is, right? Like, I don't know if I need a surgeon to be the head of Housing and development. I I I don't I don't get that.
1: Well, and just because you're a brilliant surgeon doesn't mean you're going to be able to you know uh, r- run the housing and urban development where it, it, people need to be trained in the jobs that they are. They need to be specialists in what they're doing. And just like Lin- with Linda McMahon, where it's like, yes, you're a brilliant business person. You have a multi-billion-dollar you well, know company, but it then I think you might be
0: able to guide small businesses. But small businesses and what, what I mean dude now the WWE trades on the uh, dude on the market at 1.5 billion
1: but there, yes but there's a but there's a difference between what a small business is and what a large business is just because you understand what's happening in large business doesn't mean you're going to understand small
0: yeah but she was there when this was a small business and what we're not what we haven't mentioned yet and what I'm guessing is true I don't know but when you have a business a large business this big my guess is she has small businesses on the side of this right well,
1: and it's not what I mean and not necessarily where's where, I don't know. Maybe know,
0: she's involved in things.
1: We're throwing around a lot of maybes. You know, where's the where's the where's that in the article? If there if she has experience in well, this? Well, again,
0: now you're now you're lumping things around Trump's neck where it's really the reporter at that point. I'm
1: not. You I'm know
0: what not. I mean? It just it. Well, I mean that's kind of what's happening though. Is like people are kind of like slewing that around. I mean, we have no idea what Linda McGann's totally in because let's be honest, CSNBC, they don't care. They want us talking about this And they want us blasting Trump for it That's what they want I have no idea My guess is if Linda McMahon is part of a business That's 1.5 billion dollars She's also part of smaller businesses She started other businesses that was on the side What I know is true Because every celebrity with this kind of money has them My guess is she probably has charities she heads Right? Those are essentially small businesses I'm not, I have no idea If this is going to be a great pick But the people who were out there yesterday telling me how it was the worst pick ever, you don't know that either. You don't know that. What if she kills it? What if she slays? Could happen. I mean, she's part of the reason why grown men are still watching other grown men in spandex pretend to slap one another. She knows something. She knows something. I don't know what she knows. But I didn't like when I read that I was like, well, dude, yeah, she kind of she helped cultivate that brand. You can't argue with the strength of that brand. And if I was starting a business today, having been a small business owner by the way, multiple times, if I was starting a business today and somebody like that who had built their business into what that is said, hey, this is what you should think about doing, I would at least hear them out versus the guy who's never owned his own business, who can't reach swing shift manager at his job telling me that this is a dumb pick. I would listen to Melinda McMahon over that,
1: right? I just think it's worth noting too how many people know who the small business admi- or whatever this position right. is right now. You didn't. Nobody, kn- you didn't know knows. this
0: was a. You didn't know this was a position two days ago, or you or you just didn't think about it. Exactly, it's another reason. But you anti Trumpers, you just you think he's so dumb over everything, and that might end up not being true. Again. You're you're raising concern before there's a reason to do it. I think personally. So if you're if you are a Twitter person though, one of the guys who, uh, in the lo- in the area locally who's kind of famous is this dude on Twitter at McNeil, Chris McNeil is his name, and it turns out, dude, he's got the city now involved and they're very interested in a browns parade we'll fill you in next hang on hey guys you got Stansbury here for high voltage indoor carding you can find them in medina they're just minutes from the square located in the old foundry building or you can find them online at highvoltagecarding.com that's high voltage, with a K, dot com. high voltage is ohio's first fastest and longest indoor electric go-karting track in the state of ohio they have the best carts in the business. You're hitting speeds of around 50 miles per hour. And with the family looking to come into town for the holiday season, take them to do something a little bit different and a lot of fun. Check out more info at HighVoltageCarting.com. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 9.30, win your way into the Dead and Company show. That's the Grateful Dead featuring John Mayer. That'll be out of Blossom in June. We don't have the tickets yet. We'll call them when they arrive. But you can win your way in. 9.30 this morning. 1 800 243 7625, the number you'll need for those. I cannot stop watching this Ronda Rousey hype video. It's online for you at wrqk.com. I've just tweeted it out at Sansbury Show, and I can't stop watching it. She just, dude, the, the, the whole thing starts. She's walking past like the, the Ronda Rousey Holly Home poster, which is right, you know, the fight she lost. they kind of like just show you like just Ronda going through her routine. And I had been in hot takeville with Ronda Rousey for a little while, where I was like, "Ah, she's overrated," and you know, there's no women fighters, and, and some of that is a little bit true.
1: I was gonna say, dude, just be don't get away from that because some of that facts is true. There.
0: Some of that is true. There's just not as much. Women fighting going on, although I think you're going to see that increase over the next few years because you know what, dude? The ratings of the women fights are better and less Connor fights. The women fights normally are better rated.
1: Well, and you know, obviously it's going to be an evolution there, but it still remains true that it's in its infancy. You're right, in a very very young stage. There.
0: But Ronda uh, Ronda very dominant, and uh, I, I look, I don't know if she's going to win or not, but I will tell you, all time greats always kind of have a shot at it. Uh, we saw this with Tiger Woods; he came back last weekend. Now. He didn't play great, but he played well enough to where it's like you can be encouraged by by what you saw of a Tiger and he may win tournaments. Majors, I don't know. That's different. But Ronda, an all time great, I think.
1: At least people tell me she is. Who are the other three on the Mount Rushmore the, female, uh, female MMA, MMA fighters? None.
0: Again, there are other great fighters, but they're not in the same way. Like Chris Cyborg would be on that, I think. Um, she's fighting Amanda Nunes. A lot of people would put her there, but but it's premature, I think.
1: And I was gonna say because all those people are still current fighters. It's not like we're looking back on, you know, the great decades of of history here. We're looking at fighters that are current right now, and and to start anointing people as the greatest of all time feels premature. You
0: gotta be careful with that. She's fighting later this month, UFC two oh seven, Ronda Rousey is but I cannot stop watching this hype video. She's heard the haters, me included. She heard me talking about it and she says
1: December 30th she's
0: gonna kick some ass.
1: Stansbury's so hyped about it, he actually changed into an affliction t-shirt. Damn right. Got a Von Dutch hat too. Hell yeah, drink a monster energy drink. It'll be extreme.
0: That's a great card, UFC two oh seven. I can't wait to watch that. It's gonna be awesome. So you and I, Phantom, we both went to the Cavaliers championship parade. That Hell was like yeah, something we that we enjoyed to do. And, uh, you know, you're a huge Cavaliers fan. And so, uh, you know, we took the championship belt and we hit, uh, you know, we hit the uh, dirty streets of downtown Cleveland to celebrate with what? I think it was three million people total or it something was like that. so hot. You remember how hot it was oh, that God, day? It was brutal <sighs> that day. Brutal. But we had a ton of fun. Parades are fun, especially when you're celebrating something like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So we made you aware of this, uh, well, a few weeks back. And there's a guy on Twitter, and uh, his his, well his Twitter handle is at reflog underscore eighteen. It's golfer spelled backwards. He's a big golfer. Chris is. Chris McNeil is his real name. I is I, from if I'm reading Fox Eight properly. I don't know this guy personally or whatever. I do follow him on Twitter. He's one of those guys. He's wildly funny on Twitter. It's normally um, all sports based. Uh, it, like if you were following him during the the World Series run, he was really funny during that, really good during the NBA Finals. He's really good at like finding like the proper photos and like making fun of that kind of stuff. He's just very Twitter savvy. And so he's got a pretty big following on Twitter. Well, he's applied with the city of Cleveland for a Browns perfect season parade, 0-16 parade. Now, McNeil and I are in unison here. I had predicted the Browns would go 0-16. I threw the four preseason games in, told you that they would be 0-20. I believe I was the first guy out there saying that. But the Browns are getting ever closer to an 0-16 season. So, an event was created on Facebook last month for the Browns Perfect Season Parade. Well, this week, McNeil met with the Cleveland City officials to turn what started out, obviously, as a little bit of a, like a tongue-in-cheek joke into like a full-blown reality. The steering committee included about 20 different people from uh, different city departments. That meeting, police fire, all that. And he claims he got great feedback. Everybody seems open to the idea. All the officials seem open to the idea. And a private security firm has already been retained for the event. And most permits have been filed. He claims, McNeil does, the parade is going to happen unless the Browns win a game. People seem to think they're going to beat San Diego because of the flying back and forth and this and that. I don't buy it. I think they go 0-16. More than 4,300 users have already checked in and say they're going to the January 7th celebration. It's going to go around First Energy Stadium, known the world-round as the Factory of Sadness, thanks to Mike Polk. The route originally was going to create a 0 and then a 16, but has been changed to minimize any disruption to the Great Lake Science Center, obviously, as that's right there by First Energy Stadium. You got to make sure people can get in and out of there. Browns 0 12 heading into their game on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I know it's easy for people to like check in on Facebook and say, Yeah, January 7th, I'll go to that.
1: You really th- do you think people will show up
0: to this? Will this be heavily attended?
1: Uh, yeah, got to remember it's January on the it's lake. It's freezing cold, it's right? It's going to be freezing. And you know what, though, it's a month from yesterday. It's almost like the best way this could play out is if, like, seven people were there. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably, like, the funniest optic of it. The, the, that's probably the best joke of it. I think the best joke of it is
0: the complete opposite, and that's more people than at the Cavs parade. Like, that, to me, would be funnier. It doesn't feel likely. It doesn't feel likely. Again, you had the Cavs parade in the middle of beautiful weather, and you just celebrated something. It felt like
1: everybody, you know, was waiting to exhale, and then we have that moment. Um, I think at this point, we all have this like, all right, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and we've all kind of started to put this little bit of like, yeah, I almost want it to happen. The Browns should go 0-16, which makes me believe that they're not going to, which makes me believe sometime within these next four games, I don't know why, I don't know where, I don't know when, but sometime within these next four games, they go ass backwards into a victory and go 1-15 on the season. It's Cincinnati this week is who we have, right? Cincinnati, followed by at Buffalo, followed by the Chargers at home, followed by at Steelers. Everybody tells me the Chargers game is the one they're going to win
0: because apparently uh, San Diego plays somebody, then they got to fly all the way over here and this and that. But uh, Phillip Rivers is a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, he didn't have the best team around it, but that guy should be a Hall of Famer. Phillip Rivers, damn good quarterback. I don't see them beating them. Cincinnati feels like the more likely win to me. I know they kind of been winning as, again as of late or whatever. They're inconsistent at best. They're kind of up and down. Um, it's a divisional game. We know their personnel well. You always play divisional teams a little tougher than you do the rest of the league just because you know them. So if they're going to inch into a win, I, me personally, and I, it's not like I know anything, but I, like, I, I would say the Bengals is probably a better shot at a win than the Chargers. But I don't see it. You think they win, huh?
1: Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know the it's logistics It's hard to of go
0: it. 0-16. in 16. It is. You almost have to try. You, you
1: you back your way into stuff every now and then a team doesn't want to lose, but a team ends up, you know, beating itself and one of these four teams to play spoiler on the perfect or unperfect season. It, Dude, it's going to happen.
0: The NFL's a tough business. Tough, tough business. Let's look at the, like look at the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like they took that Carson Wentz kid and every Browns fan like flipped out cuz we didn't take Wentz, right? That kid comes out first three games, he plays lights out. Ever since then, he's done nothing but regress and go backwards. And now, like, the media was putting him in Canton in the first three weeks. And now it's like, well, we got to fire Doug Peterson as head coach. Like, the NFL is a tough business to be in, dude. Like, they turn on you so fast.
1: Which so is, fast. Which is why I've said all along, dude. Everybody wants to act like uh, act like Hugh Jackson's got a free pass, but I don't, they I don't know. They wanna fire
0: Todd true. Bowles as the Jets coach. He hasn't had a quarterback. Dude the dude, the Jets have had as almost as bad quarterback play as we have in, in the last fifteen years. They've never they've dude, they've never been consistent. And they're gonna
1: fire that guy, which is crazy. Browns are pretty bad, dude. In fact, they're so bad. EA Sports and Bleacher Report ran one of those simulations where they played the game like 10,000 times or something. Uh, Alabama versus Cleveland. I saw this. Yeah, and Alabama wins. I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it for a second. But according to the simulation that they ran 10,000 times or whatever. Okay, I think people always say this well, there's
0: no way a college team could beat a pro team. That's crazy. There is a way. I don't think it happens a lot but that Alabama team's got NFL bodies all over it. All over it on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't... I don't know. I think the Browns probably still win because not all those guys were going to the NFL. They have some NFL bodies on, on that defensive side, but not everybody's going. And not everybody's going to start when you go. So to our start, yeah, we probably still beat Alabama. How embarrassing would that be if Hopefully. you lost? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I would give the coaching advantage to Nick Saban over, over Hugh Jackson, though. I would give the coaching advantage to Nick Saban. Which, by the way, was on the Brown staff. We had Nick Saban. Yeah, we had Bill Belichick, too, but you ran him out of town because he didn't think Bernie Kosar could play anymore. And you know what was true? Bernie Kosar couldn't play anymore. But you ran Bill Belichick out of town because he got rid of Bernie Bernie. Idiots. Idiots. Belichick going to have his own wing in the Hall of Fame, what, three, four freeway exits away from where I'm doing this show right now. Going to have his own wing down there. Saban probably would do if he would come back to the NFL. That's ah, let's run him out of town because I don't think Bernie's any good. Yeah, because Bernie wasn't any good. Don't at me. Don't at me on the mentions. I don't want to hear it. Because all I'm going to do is respond back with this. Show me the big game he won. That's right. Never happened. Let's run Belichick out of town. I'm bringing this up so you don't run Hugh Jackson out of town so he doesn't end up somewhere else and win a Super Bowl. And we're sitting here like, oh, yeah, that's right. He was a pretty brilliant quarterback guy. We just didn't give him enough time with the new personnel. Let's not make that mistake again. The Florida Files are next on the Stansbury Show. Hang on. Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. When you're weighing into Dead and Company at 930, 800 243 7625 the number you'll need for that. We're online at WRQK.com. I just watched that video Phantom was telling you about, where they ran it through a simulator, Browns versus Bama. Like a hundred times, Bama wins. Video's pretty awesome. I just tweeted it out at Sansbury Show's how you can see that. It's also up at our Facebook page as well. A little sad too.
1: Yeah it is. I mean it is. A little sad.
0: If we had a uh, a live in-studio cam, you'd be able to see right now that Fantone's sporting a Cavs championship hat. And you can grab yourself one of those, and the only place you can get this particular championship hat will be at the Canton Charge game this Saturday, December the 10th. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. Your Canton Charge takes on the Erie Bayhawks. That's uh, the Orlando Magic affiliates. Obviously, game Civic Center. Tickets start 8 bucks. Pick them up at Civic Center box office or at CantonCharge.com. That hat's pretty sweet, though, man.
1: Not going to lie, dude. Happy that I got my hands on it early because, like you said, this is exclusive stuff right here. Saturday night's the only place you can get it. Can't buy it anywhere. It's not in any team shops or anything like that. Um, and after last night's victory, man, I'm feeling good about Saturday night. Feeling happy, man. Feeling like CantonCharge are on a roll right now. Queen Cook sets a franchise record 49 points, 11 assists.
0: He started that day out by... Coming on the program, by the way. Yeah. So if you want to get better yeah. at things, you will. Will you talk to us?
1: Yeah, I will. Uh, I will be uh, the in-game host on Saturday night. So uh, anybody that you know is on Team Fantone, you can uh, you can make an appearance. And also worth noting, uh, Canton Charge Saturday night. It's uh, Project Rebuild Night. So it's all things Fantone converging into one on the Civic Center nice. right there. So Saturday night, seven o'clock. We'll see you there.
0: Tickets start at eight bucks. Civic Center box office or cantoncharge.com. dot com. So as you're getting ready to hit the stores to do your holiday shopping, listen to this. Deputies in Florida have arrested a Sarasota man who was caught on camera, of course, because there's a camera in every department store. And I don't know why people haven't figured this out yet. They're everywhere. They're
1: everywhere. (laughs) Department stores are everywhere.
0: Right. That guy holding that big stick in the air, he's taking video of you. That's what that is. Right. This guy was looking up women's skirts at a Sarasota Walmart in October. Pervert. Uh, Alan Ralph 62 was at the Cattleman Road Walmart on October the 29th and surveillance video has him. Uh, they have captured him looking up the skirts of multiple women while walking around the store. Uh, one of the victims contacted the sheriff's office, obviously, about the incident, and then deputies confirmed the report and found that Ralph had victimized several other women by kneeling down and looking up their skirts in the store. I don't understand this, okay? Now, upskirt stuff's pretty big on the porn sites as well and this and that. I get the voyeurism and like this and that. But as I have stood in the store next to beautiful women, obviously, and have thought, man, she's really attractive. I bet she looks amazing without her clothes on. Those thoughts obviously run through my head. I'm, I'm straight and I like attractive women, right? So those thoughts have come into my mind. But I have also thought to myself, if i bend down here and look up her skirt, A, that's the most desperate thing ever. And B, I'm going to get caught. Like, I don't understand doing something right next to somebody like that.
1: And I'm going to make the assumption here. Obviously, I don't know, like, who the victims of this were, but I'm going to make the assumption this wasn't just, like, him seeing a woman that he thought was so beautiful where he was like, oh, my God, I can't control myself. No, this myself. is compulsion. He can't help it. Right. This, I, I'm sure this was women who, who weren't, you know, in particularly attractive or they weren't, like, over-sexualized or anything. This is just this dude seeing an opportunity to make somebody a victim and taking advantage of
0: it. I mean, once you get past... I don't know, what, fourteen? The whole drop in the pencil and that whole thing—I mean, it shouldn't be part of what you do. Well, I mean, yeah, it like, should
1: never be part of what you do, by the way. Uh, but. but when you, I mean, once you know what boobs feel like, yeah, you're like, okay, well, I can probably control myself. And, I've and, crossed and, the line and now. calm down a little bit. Um, it, but I, I guess it just goes to show that, like, that you're right—that it's a compulsion, and that there's some people who, who, no matter what the consequence, no matter what you know situation they're putting themselves in, they're just going to do it because that's there you are know, certain
0: things I just don't get. Like this, I don't get, and I don't understand. Like, we deal with this all the time at the Agora because you're, you know, people are packed in there pretty tight watching a concert. And we'll have girls come up to the bar and be like, Hey, can you grab a security guy for me? That guy just grabbed my ass as I was walking through the bar. And that happens all the time. I constantly have to like flag down like a security guy and be like, Dude, we need to go grab that dude and throw him out of here. Right. I don't get that. What is what what's the what's the appeal there? Like what what because you got to feel like a piece of skin for like ten seconds as somebody's going by. That's worth the risk of my security guy opening the the door of the club with your head on the way out. Like that doesn't seem that doesn't it doesn't seem worth the risk. to yeah, me.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously walking up to somebody and and touching them when you don't have their consent and you don't. Well,
0: the guy might have been a star though, so I don't know. Like uh, I, he might he might be allowed. Grab I don't her know. by the grab her by the butt there. Yeah uh, uh, yeah yeah no, but it doesn't. It happens to women like that never happens to a guy, right? Like, I think I've only had my ass grabbed in a manner like that. Like, I don't know, like I pr- probably like two or three times in my life happens, but doesn't happen on the level of you no, know I'm no, 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 nowhere it's- near it. God, the stuff they have to deal with. No wonder they always say no when we ask them out, dude. No wonder. We're always looking up their skirts, grabbing them as they're walking by, just start making out with them when we feel like it. Jesus, no wonder women are always constantly turning us down and we have to beg for sex. Duh, it's our fault there. All right, speaking of things that are our fault and guys doing the well, I don't think it's wrong, but a lot of guys are going to be like, that's not true and that's not right and we shouldn't do that. Reddit asked its users. What was the last thing that made a man cry? I have the list. We'll break it down for you next on the Stansbury Show.
1: Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9.
0: Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Win your way into the Dead and Company Show. June 28th out of Blossom at 9.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need to win those. I, uh... I guess I didn't understand how popular that band still was. Like, the last three days, people have been hitting me up like, dude, that's going to be a big show. That's huge, man. Like, I really want to go to that.
1: I mean, I don't know if it was the original, but it's certainly the first band that comes to mind with, in my mind, with, like, the cult following with that, like, hey, we're following you. We're, you know, much like ICP and MGK and all these bands that have, you know. Oh, yeah, they founded that whole system. Yeah, right. They founded that whole system. I, I think. I mean,
0: you're. Uh, there may be somebody before them, but you're right. Much like you said, I will always view them as like that band that first got their fan base in a fever like that. And you know those people worked, and they all lived in their van, so you could go. You know that you could go to show to show, or whatever.
1: God, it must have been nice, dude.
0: Honestly, like you know, when talking about like time machines and the like, obviously there are a ton of different things I would do. But, 1968, 67, 68, 69. Hate Ashbury. That is something I would go. I would put that in. I would put me and Doc Brown. That's where I would head. At least one of them. At least one of the trips would be there for sure. I would have to have seen that. Now I've been to Hate Ashbury. I've been to San Francisco a million times, but not during that. By the way, San Francisco is a great city. Not sure I'd want to live there because how the cost of living is outlandish. San Francisco is a pretty cool city. So science has proven time and time again, Phantom, that crying is one of the healthiest things you can do. It releases a lot of uh, you know pent-up negative emotion from the body. It's very healthy. It's uh, basically like a reset button for your emotions and for your physical uh, body itself.
1: But I'm a man. I don't cry, man. I never cry. I ain't, I, no, uh, I ain't no baby.
0: I'm a man, and I cry quite a bit. I, uh, I I as a matter of fact, it's not like I will you know I circle a day on the calendar and then I schedule it and then like I make myself cry. But um, I'm not one of those. Well, I'm just strong and tears never roll down these these cheeks. No, it's uh, it's not it's not me at all. I'm actually probably I'm an easy cry. I'm definitely an easy cry. And. uh Reddit is like one of these online forums where people kind of go and they do like an ask anything. And like one of the things they ask is they ask for men to like reveal what was like the last thing that kind of made you tear up and cry. Because, again, most guys lie and talk about how they never do this. Right. And uh, the popular belief is that men are uh, you know supposed to have a stiff upper lip and we kind of hold things inside. Strong, silent type, that whole thing. Right. So we have a few things that made some dudes cry here. One of the uh, one of the users responded by saying he watched Saving Private Ryan a week or so ago, teared up, cried over Saving Private Ryan. And there are a slew of movies that will make me cry. We'll get into that here in a minute. Another uh, another user says, my wife telling me she wanted a divorce. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a huge life moment. And if you were in love with that woman and you don't want a divorce, I would think even the strongest of men, when nobody was
1: looking, would be like, my life is over. Stop being a baby. What are you crying about a divorce? What are you, a wimp? (laughs) Oh, of course, dude. I mean, like, even even if you are the one who's putting forth the papers and putting it all into motion, it's such an emotional thing. Uh, Yeah, everyone's, I would assume everyone's gonna cry during their divorce at some point. Uh, another guy
0: writes in and says, my daughter, she suffered an eating disorder and ultimately committed suicide. I wish I had known what to do. She was only 16. God. Yeah. Good now, God. dude, if, if you come after somebody crying for losing their kid, you're an idiot. And you're just honestly, you're, you're soulless. And you're going to probably go to this place hell that I don't believe in. That's where you're going.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. your daughter died from a suicide after an eating disorder. Yeah, it's a sad story.
0: Uh, Another guy says, it was my birthday. Barely anyone remembers or cares. And then he goes on to say, he's like, I never thought uh, I would be getting gifts and birthday cards from people all over the internet. And you know what? I feel warm inside. You guys were really thoughtful. Thanks. It means a lot to me. Um, He had initially talked about how he was crying because people close to him didn't remember it was his birthday. Talks about this. Everybody then starts responding. And then that made him cry. All right, you might be a little bit of a sissy. At
1: that point it's, you might be a little bit of a sissy. It depends on the people that are close <laughs> to you, I guess. I mean, everyone's going to like write, "Hey, happy birthday" on your Facebook wall because it says on Facebook, "Hey, it's your birthday today." But like if your wife and your kids and your family didn't make a deal about it, I'm not saying like you turn into a blubbering mess, but I can certainly see how that would kind of make you like, you know, question yourself and like question like does my family even really
0: love me? What like, am I doing? Why, why, right. why, why, why am I not important to people? Right. Yes. I, I, everything starts with you. Another guy, this is a list of reasons why men have, uh, why they cried last. Another user said, realizing uh, due to my father's alcoholism, he probably won't be around much longer. He's only 56. Phantom. this guy says, but he's in worse shape than most 86-year-olds. Again, that's a real life thing. Like, dude, realizing your parents are going to die or having one of your parents die, you should cry at that. Now, I'll tell you as i and i started this whole thing out i'm an easy cry but i don't think i cried over that over when my dad died until after the funeral i think it was after that whole like week i was just like kind of in shock you know this is a thing that can happen you know eventually you're going to deal with it in life but nothing prepares you for it that old saying is totally true and i felt like okay w- when you're in that moment you're there's something about being at your parents' funeral or wake where you have to console so many other people that you really don't go through that emotion yourself. And it was like three days after he died, after we had like wrapped up all the services and stuff, where I was like, in my house and I realized, I was like, you know what? I haven't dealt with this yet. And some people close to me tell me that, honestly, 15 years later, I still totally haven't dealt with it yet. And that may be true. I don't know. But every now and again, like if I think about certain things back in my life that include him and moments with my dad, yeah, I'll cry. I'll cry in the car over stuff like that sometimes, sometimes at home. The movies will get me. Um, I'm a music person. So a lot of times when I'm at home and I'm listening to like certain music and it takes because music does this with everybody, it kind of takes you back to that moment in life. And there are things where if I listen to certain things, it'll take me back to a certain moment and I'll just, and I'll get overwhelmed by that. Do you guys still respect me? Yeah. Please, still, please, please. I need the love and affection of strangers. I need it. You're not much of a
1: crier. Not at all, dude. Honestly, I can think of. When's the last time you cried? Last time I cried. I definitively know what that is. And that's when my, when my cat died and we had to okay. put my cat down.
0: See, that's a real life moment.
1: <laughs> um, you know, cat goes into diabetic ketoacidosis. I got I to gotta take the thing out behind the dumpster and shoot it. You know, shoot it old Yeller style. It was a terrible moment. Um, but outside of that, I, uh, I'm, and I'm trying to just look back at like, all right, in Canton, you know, and I've lived here for almost four years, oh, over four years now. How many times have I cried in Canton? And I can think of when my cat died. I can think of when my friend uh, that, you know, hooked me and my girlfriend up when she died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cried then. And those are the only two times. And honestly, I can say that, you know, in the past four years, I've cried twice.
0: Oh, I've probably cried more than that in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I've, I find it to be healthy. And uh, I, I'm, uh, I hold a lot of things in. I know it doesn't sound like it when you listen to the radio. But in my life, I give away way much more on the air than I do to people in my, pro- in my life. Like, I'll tell you guys things, and then like, like m- people who would claim to be close to me, which, by the way, nobody's close to me. I don't know if they're telling you that they're lying. But people who would claim to be close to me, they don't know things. They, like I, I, I keep a lot of stuff in, and I probably shouldn't. And every once in a while, I'll cry about something like minor, and I'll realize that there was other things behind that, and all of a sudden, I feel much, much better. Much, much better healthy now don't just start crying at work or whatever i mean your boss can be like dude suck it up or get out of here you know what i mean but i think dudes have been sold this lie and again because the world is it's sexist right like you're you're not allowed to have emotions as a man you're not allowed you know what i mean because even women will attack men for crying oh you sissy be a man i want you to be a man okay all right well i mean maybe that's why I'm single because i you know i cry at movies like, you know, uh, one of our listeners says, you know, anytime there's a dog in a movie and he's like a main character and he dies like that'll get me. And I remember I was in a movie theater with my brother. and We were watching Will Smith's movie. I am legend. And he has to kill that dog. He like twist the neck of that dog to put him out of his misery. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was just like, oh, my God. And like I started to tear up during that. And then my brother, you know, O'Doyle rules. He's like one of those. Like he just turned and like just started punching me in the middle of the movie theater. I was like, dude, that's a dog. And he had to like. He, my brother's like, dude, somebody just yelled cut after he snapped that dog's neck. Dan, like that didn't happen. All right, got a little sucked into it. Brock writes in and tells me that the last scene of The Fast and the Furious where they show like Paul Walker in the sky, like that kind of made him tear up because you know, Paul Walker actually did die. I, uh, that wouldn't get me, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna knock you for it. I mean, I, I cry when Adele hits the radio, so like, I can't necessarily knock you.
1: I, I I don't think I don't know if there's ever been an example of like a story or a movie or anything that that's fiction that's made me cry. I don't know. No if there's No, fi-
0: yeah, that, I remember when we talked about this briefly once before that you said fiction just will never do it.
1: I I don't know if there's ever been a Cavs movie.
0: win the championship. Didn't cry there.
1: I uh, welled up a little bit, had like tears, but that's different than crying. You know what I mean? I, I mean. Get Isn't? You, get Tears in your eyes, like, from happiness is, I feel like, different than, like, sobbing, than crying. Bawling. Yeah. I mean, that was that was definitely like an, oh my God, I can't believe, and I'm sure there was some, you know, tears that came down, but it wasn't like I was, like, crying.
0: Ever cried over a relationship?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Of all course. right. All
0: right. I mean, it was like not the last girlfriend, but two girlfriends ago when that one dissolved. I was a wreck for like two months. And there were nights at night where I was like, Yeah, I was like, it was sad. It was like, you know, it was the culmination of years and years and years of back and forth and back and forth. And I, I, I've alluded to this before. That was a real goodbye. There's never no speaking ever again on either one of our parts. And I realized that when that happened, and I realized that this was a real end, and we weren't going to be in each other's lives in any way, shape, or form after that. And I felt like, Oh my God! Like an ending is sad, and there was there was a moment where I was stereotypically on the couch, ice cream, crying, crying, sad masturbating.
1: movie, just crying and masturbating. Nothing serves as better lube than tears, Sansbury. All
0: right, I'm getting out of here now to prove that theory <laughs> is true. We'll be right back on Worst Sansbury Show. Hang on, no six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, online WRQK.com, 930. We'll send you to see Dead and Company. Grateful Dead, John Mayer, June 28th, Blossom. Win them before you can buy them tickets. 930, we'll pass those out. Before the break, we were talking about this story out of Reddit where uh, men were writing in and admitting that, like, the last thing that made them cry. And... <laughs> Since we discussed it, and I had kind of opened up, we both kind of opened up and talked about some very real situations where we had cried recently, or as most recent that we could remember. You know, guys, since then have been sending me their responses. So, Loco the Juggalo, oh, says loco. he says he cried when the toys from Toy Story Three almost died, and then listen to this, dude. A guy tweets in and says, watching Beyonce's video of Halo reminds me of when I lost the love of my life because I was a fool. Yikes. Now, see, Fantona said to me during the break, you know, about the Toy Story tweet, he said, that's what that whole Reddit article should have been. It shouldn't have been people writing in talking about, you know, well, my child died of cancer, so I cried. He's like, and, and, you know, the example you brought up, he's like, it should have been dudes admitting that they cried during Marley and me. Okay. Well, hand raised Cried like during Cried during Marley and me I was living in Lakewood at the, I remember this night perfectly I was living in Lakewood at the time And I was dating this woman who I was wildly in love with And we were laying on the couch And she wanted to watch Marley and me And it was one of those moments where Like you're laying on the couch And your girlfriend's like laying in front of you And you're kind of like holding her that way And towards the end of that movie If you know Marley and me You kind of know what happens And She could feel Like she turned around Because she could feel Like my body Reacting to the whimpering Like I was trying to like Do the tough guy thing Where like I wasn't crying But my body was still kind of And she turned around She looked at me She's like Are you crying right now? And I was like No And even though I totally was Because of Marley and me and she did. She like, well, she she cry-shamed me. Like I wasn't allowed to cry. She called me like every name in the book. That mean girl. Fast forward a few months, she ended up ripping my heart out, making me miserable. I ended up crying on the radio about that. I cried live on the radio about that. Sent her flowers after we broke up. The whole thing. She wasn't having it.
1: Dude, you get your heart broken, and all and of a just, sudden, dude, good Common sense goes the out the window. Dude, you just
0: become a complete dumbass. Thank uh, God there weren't memes then.
1: Thank God, thank dude. God. Thank
0: God. It, dude, I would have been nothing but gym photos and memes then. Working on a new me. New uh, year, new me.
1: <laughs> You're
0: so gross.
1: Stupid heartbreak. Making a fool out of all of us. Everybody. Oh, no. Everybody. You get your heart
0: stepped on, you just become a dumbass. It's uh, the way it is. And
1: I dude, you know, there's guys, I'm, not me, man, not me. Shut B.S. up. I'm Shut friends with up. you on Facebook.
0: I've seen the posts.
1: Shut up. We're all idiots when you get your heart broken.
0: Absolutely. You are. <laughs> like, I make fun of these people every morning when I read like, these Look memes.
1: idiots.
0: And Phantom's always like, dude, that was you like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was you. Yeah, so maybe that was me there. But I did. I totally did cry during Marley and Me. You throw a dog into the mix and a dog gets hurt. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I know, dude. You be nice to the dogs. That's the kind of my. That's the hill I fight on. And actually, you know what? My buddy, my good buddy, had to put his dog Craig down not that long ago, and I did because I lived with them for a long time. I learned to love Craig like my own dog. I did. I, I shed a tear on that one. One of these stories that uh, has been in the news for the last few days um, that we haven't really touched much on is this fire down in Gatlinburg. Okay. And for those of you that don't know, that tourist town's pretty much gone now. And it, it,
1: crazy how much damage that did. I mean, oh it, god, yeah, amazing.
0: Uh, it, it, apparently 17,000 acres, wow. 2,460 structures, scorching homes, cabins, churches along the fiery path, they say here. Reading from CNN. They're charging two 14-year-old kids, I believe, for this. And, uh, you know, this article doesn't say, but I think the last number I had heard was like 40-some people died in this. Like, this was a major tragedy. Major.
1: Uh, I feel awful in the sense for those kids because I don't... Think that those kids maliciously started a fire like that. It was probably you know playing with matches, smoking cigarettes, doing something like that all of a sudden gets out of hand and listen i 'm not trying to make excuse for the kids, but damn dude, that sucks that ruins a lot I mean
0: I started a fire as a kid that I, uh, because i didn 't understand the ra- two of them as a matter of fact, and i didn 't understand the ramifications of them. And you're right. You're just trying to do, like, one little thing, trying to be a little funny, a little dangerous, yeah. and then next thing you know. Now, granted, in my situations, nobody hurt or were no mash casualties. Like, we lost Gatlinburg. It's gone. It's over. Okay? And the reason why I'm bringing this up is not to talk about the charging of the two 14-year-old kids. They should obviously be charged with something. I don't know. Charge them as adults. I don't know. Whatever. That's for smarter people than me to decide. Okay? Sucks. But they obviously need to be charged with something. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this Gatlinburg story is... I think the collection of information and the passing out of information the way we can now, and again, that's a, there are more positives than negatives with technology, okay? I will grant you that. But I think there are people who are negatively affected by the passing out of information so fast, and you can get to the point where you're kind of cold to it because of how much stuff you read, how much bad stuff you read, good stuff. You get kind of to the point where it's like it, does, it almost doesn't seem real to you anymore. And the reason why I bring this up is that this got passed around. This was sent to me the other morning, and I meant to get this yesterday, and I just didn't have time. But a guy by the name of Coleman Bonner took to what I believe is Facebook, because I have a photo of him here, and he made a post about Gatlinburg. And wait till you hear this. He starts out by saying, funny story. I was recently in Gatlinburg, had a terrible time. I feel that place was a cesspool of consumerism and a bastion of the worst aspects of Southern culture. Turns out a wildfire just burned most of the town to the ground. Good riddance. Good riddance, Gatlinburg, and good luck, you mouth-breathing, toothless, diabetic, cousin-humping, Mountain Dew-chugging, Moon Pie-munching, Paul Mall-smoking, Trump-sucking pond scum. And then in parentheses, says, chuckles and smiles like the swarmy liberal that I am swarmy liberal elitist that I am are you kidding me are you kidding me that doesn't make you an elitist celebrating 40 some people dying horrifically in a fire doesn't make you an elitist It makes you heartless right I know I'm gonna I know you agree with me there oh, there's no disagree with me on that yeah. one
1: I think really what it makes you, though, is an Internet troll. And obviously this dude was doing this because it's like, hey, man, if I make a joke, you know, about this, it's edgy. It's, you know, and and obviously he's going to get reactions off of it. And obviously he did.
0: That scares me because you're probably right. Okay, my guess is you're right. (sighs) All right. I have seeked out attention my whole life. Look at this. This show's named after me. That was me seeking out attention. I have a job that seeks out attention. I love having the eyes on me. I love having attention on me. But you don't minimize a mass tragedy for it. Now, maybe I feel like that way because I don't have to because I get enough attention because of my job. Okay? But I'm not going to excuse other people
1: for saying things like that because they don't have my job. I can't do that either. I mean, think about how many people, uh, you know, on a regular basis will, you know, make Holocaust jokes or something like that, where it's like, how really is this any different than people who are willing to do stuff like that? there's extremes in comedy and like you can feel like alright that's too far for me that's over the line yeah but this and, like, wasn't comedy this was good
0: this was him saying good I mean he says good riddance to the town I, uh, I, mean, I mean that's not comedy
1: yeah but I mean when people are making you know throwing Jews in ovens jokes they're, 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 they're implying good you know what I mean if, if if you're doing what's the difference between a Jew and a pizza you're implying that you approve of that
0: okay or you, you know where I'm getting hung up on this conversation is that I don't view that as comedy either
1: well I mean, you yeah, know I, mean? I, I agree with you that, that that's not where I am, but there's certainly tons of people out there who on a regular basis go extreme on things like that as trolls because they get a reaction. So I can't be surprised that somebody decided to take this as like, dude, you know... I'm The really- hot story in the news this right? week... Story so hot it lit like Gatlinburg on fire. You know what I mean? Like
0: I didn't think about that before I said it. But there it is. You I know? didn't think about I it mean, before I said it. That.
1: That's what that's what people like this do. Just because this guy's on the left, and most you know trolls, I think, get associated with you know the right. The right. They really I, do. I, but I mean, that doesn't make it exclusive. And, and, and of course, somebody's going to take something like this and, and try to get reaction out just of me, it.
0: Just I don't know. It just kind of turned my stomach a little bit. I mean, dude, forty some people died. You know what I mean, like, and I, I, yeah, I don't think you do that. And y- you're right about the whole Holocaust thing. You know, I once had a, bro- a radio boss. <laughs> we were all in a conference room, and he was addressing the whole staff. This wasn't here. I, I should mention that this was years and years ago. And uh, I believe this boss is this my old boss is now in Seattle, running a, a rock station out there, and he had the whole staff together. And this was back when radio stations had large staff. There was probably 60, 70 of us in the room. And he said, we were in this conference room, and we were in there kind of like tightly. And he said, addressing the whole staff, I couldn't believe it. I still, to this day, can't believe it. He started out the meeting by saying, I apologize for packing you guys in here like Jews on a train. Ugh. And I went... Ugh. I remember dude my buddy Tommy McGallis worked there. He was doing mornings at the time. Tom is one of the funniest dudes you will ever meet in your entire life. He's hilarious. Fantastic artist, really funny dude. And he and I were sitting next to one another and he said to me, "Did we take acid before this meeting?" He's Why like cuz dude, he wasn't Jewish, but he was like, "That's not right." He's like, "How does he know none of us are?" Can I
1: make any argument here of oh, wow, Can I can I make any argument here of stop being so PC, bro? Yeah, why are you so PC about it? Just jokes, man. If you don't like it, don't follow me on Facebook. Stop being so PC. Everyone's politically correct all the time. If I want to say something, then I can say something. Stop being so pro- politically correct.
0: I know I'm the anti-PC guy, so I'm always going to get asked this question. Um, Again, I think there's a difference in between real tragedy and, and people like making too big of a deal out of certain things. And I, I'm struggling for an example off the top of my head, but that's a real thing that really happened. And... Also, no matter what the political correct culture is, as management, I think you have to be careful about the things you say to people. We had a situation like this here in in this building just earlier this week where not our manager, but somebody else's manager in this building had no idea he shouldn't say something out loud to somebody. Had no idea. Because he was pushed into management, we ready for it. Well, of course, in a work role,
1: then obviously it's a little you're bit different. different roles, it's I'm a little saying- bit
0: different on Facebook. If somebody would have said that same thing, my boss said on Facebook, my response would be different in the sense of I would go, okay, I still don't think it's funny, I still don't think it's right, but whatever. I could have, I could have, I could, shr- I could shrug it off. I, I'm not personally invested there. I was personally invested in this meeting, so it hit me differently. I can make Gatlinburg jokes.
1: I'm not PC. Uh, that do stop being such. Do you need a safe space? You need a safe space
0: again. My and again, this is, it, 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 and I'm made to feel a little hypocritical right here. But my whole thing about telling people not to be politically correct, and this is where this this is where the world gets really confusing, is that I still, when I say that, I expect people who want to say offensive things to still self police themselves, not to let this be the thing you're saying. Right? Like, I don't think a world class pundit comedian tours the country and says what this kid said about Gatlinburg. Does he make a joke about Gatlinburg? Maybe. He doesn't say good riddance to you. You deserve this because you bang your cousins and you chug Mountain Dew and you voted for Trump. That was essentially this, is that you deserved your town burning to the ground and you deserved to die because of who you voted for. I don't think a comedian who I would argue for not to have to be PC says that. But I don't know. And if he did, I think I would reserve the right to case-by-case case judge it, I guess is, would be my point. And again, we're going to get into the PC culture Next, as Santa Claus said something to a little kid that has the internet up in arms. We'll break it down for you next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Well, we're going to pass out those dead and company tickets around 930 this morning. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need for those. Uh, as a lot of you are going to start gearing up to get your kids in the car and take them over to the malls and the shopping centers and the like to see Santa, you might want to think twice about it. Uh, I, I know a lot of kids cry for the first time. Um, Just being scared about the whole situation, but sometimes like Santa can be like well, like bad Santa and just make your kid cry. And apparently, I think this was North Carolina where this happened. A young like nine-year-old boy had went and saw Santa, and Santa had some uh, well advice for him when he got off of his lap. We'll let you take a listen to the boy himself here. Young boy in North Carolina was getting ready to see Santa Claus with his brother. When he got there, though, there was nothing jolly about this old St. Nick. Nine year old Anthony Mays and his brother just finishing waiting in line to see Santa. Anthony gets on Santa's lap. He asks for a drone and an iPod for Christmas. What Santa said to him next brought the young guy to tears. Oh, no.
1: And when I got done, he said, just lay off the hamburgers and french fries, and that really just disrespected me, and I felt awful.
0: No, I'm kind of laughing because of the because of the kids. Like you know, he's got, he's got the accent there. And if you couldn't make it out, what he said was Santa told him to lay off the hamburgers and fries, and that disrespected him, and he felt awful. And if you miss it, you know, well, it's you know, listen to it again maybe.
1: And when I got done, he said just lay off the hamburgers and French fries, and that really just disrespected me, and I felt awful.
0: Oh, I know I shouldn't laugh at that. It's bad. And Santa shouldn't say that to your kids.
1: was a fat kid, for sure.
0: Oh, he's totally fat. Yeah, he's a he,
1: chubby, chubby little kid.
0: He's totally fat. Like he, I mean, he was fatter. He's fatter at nine than I ever was.
1: You can, like, hear the fatness in his voice. Like, it, I know there's, like, the southern draw to it that's funny, but, like, you can hear, like, his chubby cheeks. Like,
0: now, I know people are going to hate me, okay? But I think this is funny. I don't think it's appropriate. No, the Santa shouldn't have said it to your kid, and it's, of course, awful, Okay? But, and I know people are going to hate me for this, but you know what I want to do? You know what I want to do more than anything in the world? Can I Can I hear fat nine-year-old kid slow down?
1: And when I got <laughs> done, he said, just lay off the hamburgers and french fries, and that really just disrespected me, and I felt
0: awful. I don't know why, but that makes me laugh, so... <laughs> That is so funny.
1: Now, listen, I don't know if Santa should have said it to the kid, but, like, you got a fat little kid. You know, Santa, he's got a a responsibility
0: of... Here's what people don't understand, what they're blasting the Santa for saying it. Here's what you don't remember. That's 15-hour days of fat-ass Americans sitting on your lap all day. Now, is that an excuse? No, but it's a reason. And... I think a lot of people are going to fall short on that. Like, dude, if I just took any random citizen and said, hey, we're going to put you in front of this store, probably going to be a little cold, you're going to have to put fat kids on your lap all day, sooner or later, you're saying something to a kid you shouldn't. It's not an excuse, but it's a reason. And when I got done, I can't he said not just lay off the hamburgers and french fries, Not really just disrespected me, and I felt awful. Now here, <laughs> and I felt awful.
1: <laughs> well, you feel awful because you have diabetes, and dude, you're 78 pounds overweight at nine years old.
0: You should ask Santa for a red flyer wagon so we could drag your fat ass around some more. I mean, he's nine. I know people right now are like, he's nine, you mean dick. But it's funny. It's funny. And I could argue, Santa gave your kid the best, the best gift ever, the gift of good advice. Laying off hamburgers and french fries good advice, especially when you're that fat at nine. Well, Anthony tore up the picture with Santa Claus, oh. who was hired by the mall to spread good cheer. Oh. and Now, Anthony says he's not going back to that mall to see Santa again boy's mother says instead of an apology, she hopes the city gives that guy a pink slip. Oh, well, of course hey, she does.
1: That makes me so sad. Oh, it makes me so sad. Uh, I'm just so sad. I'm a local it, news reporter. It's so sad.
0: Oh my god, I work on TV and I need people to think I'm nice, so I'm so sad. So sad. Please think I'm nice.
1: She obviously did not listen to it slow down because it's not, not sad. It's hilarious. She did not.
0: One more time, please.
1: Oh. <laughs> That was kinda of funny too! <laughs> oh, Anthony tore up the picture with Santa Claus. No matter what you slow down, of... it's funny.
0: No matter what it is. He is fat, that kid. Just like his cheeks are huge. I mean his dude, the cheeks on his face look like butt cheeks. Like, he's got butt cheek face. I know he's nine, but it happened in North Carolina. It didn't happen here, I'm allowed to make fun of it. And when I got done, he said they slay off the hamburgers and french fries and that really just disrespected me. And I feel awful. I also think he was prepped on his answer there. A nine-year-old chose to tell you he disrespected him? Well, yeah. I dude, mean, come on.
1: When they put you on the news, they're like, hey, this is how you got to this, this, you, this
0: is what you're going to say? This is what you're going to say? So funny. Santa's passing out the good advice there. That's the best gift you can get. You know who's passing out terrible advice and who should not be passing out advice? Who's that? Johnny Manziel. Okay. But he's passing out advice to future NFL quarterbacks. That in itself is funny. We'll give you that story next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. On Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Head over there and... Uh, you can watch this video. It's awesome, actually. What porn stars would do if they were president? You know, a lot of people tell you, and, uh, you know, our president elect, Donald Trump, unqualified there. So, keeping with that theme, we figured we would ask a bunch more people, probably not all that qualified to be president, what they would do. Ask a porn star up right now, wrqk.com. Apparently somebody caught up with uh, Johnny Manziel over the last few weeks. Uh, I think it was like three, four days ago, there was a video, or a photo of him, rather, uh, at like 8 o'clock in the morning, just taking a fireball and chugging it. At 8 o'clock in the morning, working pretty hard on that uh, on that return
1: to an NFL roster there. I wonder if he still has that idea in his mind. Or no,
0: I, I think publicly you have to say it, but secretly I think he's probably been like, you know what, this is done. And... I said to Fantone during uh, you know a commercial break the other day when we saw the photo, and I said to him, I was like, you know what? I want to knock it, but if I were, I mean, dude, his family's loaded. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, his grandfather is loaded, and so like Johnny's never gonna have to worry about money. And he already made a bunch of money from the NFL. I mean, he did, he washed out, but he made money doing it. And there was a Snickers commercial. Like, he had been, dude, Mansell had been paid. So I'm sure there's money. Now you can run out of money too, but. You know, I said, I was like, you know what? If my NFL career was over and I were Johnny Mandel and I was that age and I had that kind of money, would I be chugging fireball at 8 a.m.?
1: Yeah. Especially, I mean, like, I, I probably would be. Now, obviously, when you have a a serious history with substance abuse, you're going to see a lot of things through a different perspective. Yeah, you go to rehab but,
0: three times, people are going to look at you cross-eyed.
1: I mean, homie's on like a cruise or not a cruise ship, like on a yacht or something, and in their vacation mode, are you going to catch the tall guy chugging Fireball yes. at nine a.m.? Of course you are. Yeah, I mean, y- you go
0: camping with your girlfriend right. or something like that. You're, d- yeah, you're going to drink beer at nine a.m. Before sure, noon you are. for sure.
1: But I don't have I don't have a history like Johnny Manziel does. Of, of 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 substance. Abuse. So
0: somebody caught up with him. There's a video here. We're gonna get this posted up for you at WRQK.com here shortly. I apologize. Uh but Johnny Manziel was asked about the Heisman because he had won the Heisman, right? I I believe he was a Heisman winner. And so they were asking him about uh the Heisman. Now one of the kids that's in the running for this is this Lamar Jackson kid out of Louisville who is he's transformative, that guy. I don't know if he'll be a great pro quarterback, but he's definitely pretty good playing at Louisville. And he's one of those dual threat guys, can throw a little bit, runs the ball pretty well, all that. He's dual threat there. And so they ask Manziel, and he says, look, Lamar Jackson's going to win the Heisman. And then he goes on to say he urges Lamar Jackson to avoid playing the for the Cleveland Browns at, at all costs. He says, no matter what it takes, you avoid playing for them. And I want to dismiss this as, well, it's Manziel. He's an idiot. He washed out. He had the best opportunity in the world. Didn't capitalize. Didn't want to put in the work. Didn't want to do all this. And all that's true. But I've heard other reputable sports hosts, sports radio hosts, tell Deshaun Watson, who is considered to be the other one of the other big quarterbacks to be coming out out of Clemson, who you'll see play Ohio State, Deshaun Watson's like another one of these guys that everybody wants. And I've heard serious sports reporters say, dude, you do the Eli Manning thing. You do the Brett Favre thing. or Not Brett Favre. You do the John Elway thing. You do the Eli Manning thing. Like if they draft, you say, no, I'm not playing there. And you hold out. You wait. You do whatever it takes. And you don't play for that franchise and put yourself in the best situation ever. Now, I will admit that. If we were talking about another franchise that was run the way this one has been for the last twenty years, if we were talking about another franchise where uh, that played and looked like the, the Cleveland Browns, I would be like, you know what, they're kind of right. You probably should avoid playing there.
1: I don't know. I don't know how you can say anything else. Dude. But it's I here, mean, and so I hate it. Six quarterbacks this year, dude. Six, six, And zero wins. Six quarterbacks, zero wins. I dude, I, I if if I was giving advice to college football players right now, I'd be like, dude, hit the hit, hit the ground, pray pray to the Lord that you do not get drafted by the Cleveland Browns, dude. It's a career ruiner. Dude, I, I've said this numerous times about different guys in the NFL. I mean, just imagine like switching the situations and imagine, you know Because you do gotta weigh that in. Because I mean, dude, would 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 would, would you know would Aaron Rodgers have been Aaron Rodgers on the Cleveland Browns roster? Hell no, he wouldn't have. Never would have had an opportunity, dude. There's plenty of dudes out there. Oh, come
0: on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to respond, and I'm going to say that would he had the success that he had in Green Bay? No. Would he have won the Super Bowl that he won in Green Bay? No. But he would still look like Aaron Rodgers, I think. I, just, I see. I still think you'd see throws that you'd be like, whoa. That's a pretty good throw.
1: I think you'd see it. I, I, well, I mean, Johnny Mandel had a glimpse of potential. Like, yeah, totally. Out, out, but, but would he have been able to develop? Would he have been able to become the player he was? No. No way, dude. Tom no. Brady, you know, agree. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all these guys who are legends of the game, all these guys who have established themselves as, as the best players of the past decade plus. Those dudes would have had zero opportunity getting drafted in Tim Couch's position. Zero opportunity. There's no, there's no, no way you'd be able to become the player that that Tom Brady became because of 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 the losing culture of the Cleveland Browns. No, I mean, do Tom Brady became
0: Tom Brady because he's got one of the best coaches ever, and he's had really, really, really good offensive coordinators his entire career. Now he's had multiple; they've switched the offensive coordinator quite a bit on him. But and so sometimes that can set a quarterback back. It hasn't set Tom Brady back. Tom Brady continues to. But again, you're talking about drive, talent, you know, dedication. A lot of things, you know, weigh in there.
1: But you put you put a guy, you know, uh, you know, who's used to a winning program in Clemson and who's used to being the man, and then you put him on an 0 16 team, dude. That's going to ruin a career. There's no doubt well, about
0: it. Don't we always know that the the, the first round pick, the quarterback, is always kind of going to a team that's no good. I mean, they never go to good teams, right? Like, you never see a first round NFL quarterback get drafted and go to a good team. It's always like the team that wasn't any good. So, I mean. By that system, we're gonna tell these guys never
1: to go anywhere. Well, the, the Browns aren't just a bad football team; they're a historically bad franchise, dude. It's not like this is an off year for the Cleveland Browns. It's not like, ah, dude. Well, you know, we had a right. uh, we had a big name free new agent coach leave. just came in. It happens. LeBron James left the team. The Cavs sucked for a while. Okay, that makes sense, dude. The Browns have been uh, just abysmal for the past twenty years, I, dude. I, 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 if if I were an NFL prospect right now, and uh, my name were circling the The Browns' rumors mill? Oh, I'd be terrified. Yeah, I got to admit,
0: like, if I was a college quarterback right now, I wouldn't be pumped about playing there.
1: Last thing in the world I would want, dude. Dude, it's
0: gray, it's cold, it snows six months out of the year, and we're going to get blown up by 24 every week? Yeah, there's not a lot of upside there. That's why you have to rely – that's why the Browns have to rely on the draft. You tell me a good free agent that wants to go play in Cleveland. Nobody is that answer. Nobody. If you have options, like people keep saying Tony Romo. Tony Romo's not coming here. Tony Romo's going to Arizona. Maybe the Jets. He's going to go to a team where, I'm. well, the Jets are abysmal too, but he's going to go somewhere. I mean, dude, Tony Romo's going to have options. He's not going to play for the Cleveland mess. You better hope Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson comes here. You better hope that. Or you hope that Hugh finds a guy deep in the draft. Kind of like how Dallas found Prescott, Dak Prescott, and kind of works
1: with him. That's a lot of hope in there. Career ruiner. You get drafted by the Browns. See you later, all hopes and aspirations. Do you think
0: Tim Couch would have been a great NFL quarterback?
1: Uh, do I think he would have been great? No, but do I think he would have had serious? You know, uh, honestly, it's hard to answer that. You know, you what think I'm he could have been like Matt Ryan? Right, I think he could have been a serviceable quarterback in in the right position. You oh, know? I'd take
0: Matt Ryan. For I, uh, sure to, yeah.
1: I, I I think there's plenty of examples of draft picks by the Cleveland Browns if they would have went somewhere else. If they would have went into a system, okay. And I'm not okay. even saying the Patriots. I'll I'm give saying you a great example. Decent.
0: I'll give you a great example, okay? Because when they when he was drafted by this team, they were not any good, and we passed on him. Now, their general manager's done a great job and built a fantastic offensive line. And offensive lines never get the credit they deserve. When the team's really good, look at the offensive line, chances are they're pretty good. Except for the Seahawks. Derek Carr was a quarterback we passed on as the Browns. He now looks like the MVP of the league. Like he's playing lights out that team. Now, granted, he's got a great offensive line, he's got great, you know, perimeter weapons. Pretty good running game. But I mean, dude, Derek Carr looks like the real deal. And I mean, his first year they went, I think it was like two and fourteen or one and fifteen or something like that. And he's kind of helped turn that thing around. You don't think like a Derek Carr transformative type player like that could help turn this thing around?
1: No. No, I. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe on a long enough time scale where you start factoring in other draft picks and other accusations. But if we're talking about adding one guy into the mix, n- no, man, no, I no, I don't think Russell Wilson does anything for the Cleveland Browns. And uh, dude, I don't think Russell Wilson becomes Russell Wilson on the Cleveland Browns. Oh, dude, Russell Wilson.
0: It took forever for that experiment to come to fruition.
1: Ever, people don't remember that.
0: When he still had Marshawn Lynch, dude, he was barely ever throwing the ball. They rarely threw the ball. It wasn't until Marshawn went and they were like, oh my God, we got to reinvent this offense that they let Russell be Russell. And then all of a sudden, he looks like, like he's pretty good. But before that, he wasn't doing that. That was situational, how that happened.
1: And the Browns are an awful situation at all times. Every situation they're in is awful.
0: You know, I've heard smart football guys, guys who know way about way more about this stuff than I do, say, "You start at the center position and you work your way out." All these teams that are no good try to get all these free agents on the perimeter, go get all these diva wide receivers, and you never win games. You, you'll win a few in-season games, but you're not winning playoffs. You're not winning the Super Bowl with perimeter players. You're just not. You've Got to get tough on the line, and until that offensive line gets fixed, I think you're. I think you, unfortunately, you're right. I think any quarterback they get
1: is just going to be. Just pummeled. Remember how good the offensive line was? Like, what was it two years ago? Oh, best offensive line football. Browns still suck, dude. They're awful. It's just, it's just, it's like, it's just an inevitability. It's taxes, death, and the Browns being terrible.
0: The best thing about working for the Browns is you get that lucrative Mister Hero endorsement. Oh,
1: dude, just all the Roman burgers you can eat. Sign me
0: up. I can hold a clipboard as well as anybody else. All right, we have those Dead and Company tickets, June twenty eighth out of Blossom. We'll get you hooked up with those. Next on the stands Ratio. show uh,
1: on Rock 106.9. Get down.
0: Welcome back to the stands Ratio show on Rock 106.9, online wrqk.com. So, have those Dead and Company tickets we'll pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-7625 the number you'll need for those. I uh I guess I missed this yesterday, but I, like people seem to be making a big deal out about this um, this Time Magazine cover with Donald Trump. And apparently uh, the M's of the or the M of time is like directly behind his head. So like the peaks of it kind of look like devil's horns over him. And like people have taken to like Twitter be like, oh, my God, give the art director a raise. The art director deserves this. Look how funny this is. And I'm not sure it was done purposely or if it was just, well, you got to frame the picture in the center. And so it's going to be right over and you go back and you look and like Bill Clinton had like the, the peaks of the M over his head too. And on his first time magazine cover, like when he was first elected and people are like out there, like seeing, Oh, time magazine's trying to dig at Trump. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's just framing the photo properly. And then that's where it lies. I don't think this was like conceived.
1: We were on air yesterday when the uh, announcement was made that Donald Trump, President-elect Donald Trump, was named the uh, Time Person of the Year. Had, as we predicted he would be, yes. Yeah, and it took all about mm, 30 seconds before people were like, Hitler won it
0: too! Hitler <laughs> won it! Oh my god, the Hitler was on the cover of Time magazine has become the money's the root of all evil. Like people just, it's like the one thing you know, and so you just, re- like like First and Second Amendment, those are the two you know, so you recite them at nauseum.
1: You're right about that. It's so annoying. It did not take long. And no, I'm it like didn't. Stalin was on it, and Hitler's on it, and Putin's on it. Now Trump's on it. And I'm like, yeah, but so was Obama and Bill Clinton and, and Gandhi, and everyone needs to relax. Everyone just needs to chill out. It's not,
0: dude, people think that Time Magazine's Person of the Year is like like a good award. It's not necessarily because you did something great, it's just you were the story, right?
1: Yeah, and. I, 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 why? Why do we get worked up about what who Time Magazine's Person of the Year is? I mean, like, do I? Who won it last year? I don't know. I don't care. I, so now all of a sudden Trump wins it, and I'm like, oh, it's so terrible. Was it Caitlyn Jenner last year? I think she was the woman of the year or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, she was woman of the year. But I don't think that was time. I think that was like Sports Illustrated or something like that. And we all, That was Sports Illustrated. And we all lost our mind, and we all lost our mind, and now we don't even remember what goddamn award it was. <laughs> and, we dude, we did it. We all lost our mind a year ago about that. Oh, my God, Caitlyn Jenner, does she have a dong or not? Bah. And we don't even remember what award it was. Who okay. cares?
0: Okay, well you brought it up. Fair question. I, I I don't know the answer. Does Caitlyn Jenner have a dong? What's I, the what's the dong count there?
1: I think she I think she's still standing at one. I huh. think.
0: I didn't know that. I wasn't sure how far. No, because she went with the
1: the whole thing, right? Like, I think she takes like like hormone therapy or something, but I think she still has a dong. Interesting can't I believe she won it. Ah! Who, what, what award were the, we The only about?
0: thing about that, the whole Caitlyn Jenner woman of the year thing that I did think was funny is somebody pointed out that it's like, how are you going to have a woman of a year who hasn't been a woman a full year? Like, that's kind of funny and true.
1: But again, she was just the story. It was Glamour magazine that we were all screaming at each other. About. <laughs> is that so what it let's was? Just chill the f out, America. I rem- remember when it was the bravery thing? <sighs> remember when it was that,
0: and then everybody had to like show you the photos of like a soldier carrying another soldier on a back and still <sighs> firing a weapon, and that's bravery. And like Caitlyn, and I admit, and, and I agree, I don't think what Caitlyn Jenner did to, is bravery. I, 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 that's
1: it's something. Bravery isn't the right word. I think to put yourself out there in a public fashion like that takes some bravery. I don't know if that necessarily means that she deserves an award for it, but, like, everyone just needs to chill out. What are you guys getting all worked up about? Ah, Trump, look at him, Hitler, look at him, they look the same. Again, to
0: comparing any one of our politicians to Hitler, you are lacking the historical perspective on how awful Hitler was. You're, you, that's what you don't understand, is that you're trying to make yourself sound so smart. And in reality, what you're doing is making yourself look very, very stupid. You're lacking the historical perspective of what Hitler had done. Well, you know, Trump doesn't have his power yet. He doesn't have his power yet, and so it could be that bad. No, it can't. No, it can't. The world's different. We have more laws. We have more systems. And our president doesn't have free reign the way Hitler had. Just doesn't have it. As a matter of fact, Michael Moore's out there now doubling down as he was the guy who told you Trump was gonna win and everybody thought he was nuts. He's now doubling down now, Michael Moore is, and saying that the Electoral College is going to stop Donald Trump from taking office. Now again, we all laughed and thought he was crazy when he said he was gonna win. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, dude, maybe Michael Moore's right. Maybe, maybe that'll happen. And you notice I've been saying since the election that America's on the witch hunt. They want to get their guy. And I've said I don't know what goes into like not allowing somebody to take office or this and that. I don't know everything that goes into that. But it feels like America wants to get their man. And this feels like the right time in this country for something like that to happen. For that grassroots movement to be rewarded. I, 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 I feel it coming. A friend of mine actually texted me yesterday. We haven't talked much about this this week either. This whole heartbeat bill. Okay, we'll probably get into a little bit more of this a little bit further tomorrow. If you don't know what the heartbeat bill is, I don't have enough time to go all the way into it right now. Do a little Google research. You'll find out. All right, but she works at a Planned Parenthood in the Pacific Northwest. And she said to me, she's like, this thing just makes me really, really sad. And we started talking about Trump and like this whole thing. And, you know, she's a young woman and she feels like this is a tough time to be a young woman and all that. And, you know, and I reminded her, I'm like, in any decade throughout history, young women, young uh, minorities would be telling you this was the hardest time to be a young woman or a young minority. We shall get through this the way we have gotten through other things. Not that what's happening right now is okay, but we shall overcome. And I was just kind of, like, you know, helping her walk through that. And we started talking, and she was like, you know, Trump's one thing. You're right. Maybe they stop him. She's like, but Pence is worse. Like, Pence is actually the guy who's... Like, dude, none of these things are... like. And now the heartbeat bill is not necessarily a Trump and Pence thing. But Mike Pence does believe in... I mean, he's a right-to-lifer. And so, like, she's more terrified of him than she is of Trump. And I would have to agree. That I think Pence is the scarier of the two dudes. Overall.
1: Well, I... I think because I think a
0: lot of those are his policy, and Trump just kind of goes along with stuff.
1: A lot of social issue things, you know. And if you want to, I don't want to call it better or worse, but I mean, a, a lot of social issues, he's considerably more conservative when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. But at least he has experience in governing people. At least he has experience of like doing the job that's in front of him. So I don't know who I, uh, who I would say is worse.
0: Yeah, that's a bad game of Russian roulette. There,
1: the one we're facing. It's going to be interesting. Did you see Trump tweeted out uh, something about a union leader, a carrier, yeah. and now the guy's getting death threats? Like, <clears throat> dude, yeah, I don't know, you're the president. I mean, yeah, yeah, they gotta think things through.
0: Is a president never allowed to express displeasure with the way something with a meeting went down? Or by the by the performance of somebody, or is it just how he did it?
1: I think it's how he okay. did it. Okay, I mean yeah. that's fair.
0: That's fair. I just I like the the president saying like this wasn't done properly or holding people accountable, well, president elect,
1: whatever. And, and, and what it all came down to is the facts, and it came down to this this union president said no, you didn't save two thousand jobs, you saved eight hundred jobs, and that's when it turned into oh he's awful, he's terrible, and like blasting him on social media. And it's just like dude, you're the you're the president elect, man. Put Twitter, you got dude, you got to think down the field. I would have said.
0: Again, if I were Trump, what I would have said is, Okay, you want to split hairs with me, I still saved eight hundred jobs.
1: That's what I would have said. I would have kept it on the positive. Well, but then at that point, why did you lie about it in the beginning? Right.
0: I get that. I'm not I'm not arguing, I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm saying if it had it, being called out for it, I would always go back and highlight the positive of what happened. I wouldn't highlight the negative of somebody else. But I mean, in his response, the guy says you saved 800 jobs. There are a lot of people who are going to hear that as, oh my God, Trump saved 800 jobs. That's a lot of people. Imagine if I came in here tomorrow morning and said the biggest employer in Canton, Ohio was going to get rid of 800 people today. That's a
1: major shift. Sure it is, but, but when you said, hey, I saved 2,000 jobs, and then you come back two minutes later and say, oh, well, I was wrong. It was 800. I mean, come on, dude. Like, Be correct. I want you to be correct. I agree with that. Okay, we're not
0: arguing that. I'm saying, in response to the guy from Carrier, what I would have said is, okay, maybe I, you know, maybe those facts have been presented to me wrong. I still would like to highlight the positive, which is the the move, the the deal that I have struck is saving 800
1: paychecks. Have the, have the facts of that been presented to you wrong? Well, no, because the guy from Carrier admitted it. So, no. But but how can I take anything you say when you have a blatant disregard for facts?
0: He has a blatant disregard. He likes to get a little loose with figures. And that's scary. But I, again, will remind you and everybody else listening, if you think Donald Trump is the first president to be a little loose with figures while he's speaking to you in a professional manner... On an official manner, you're insane. And I, dude, Barack Obama was president for eight years. If I spend the rest of this afternoon going back and looking for it, I can find a place, more than one I would imagine, where he didn't have the facts right when he was speaking into a microphone professionally. I bet I could. I don't have the example off the top of my head. But it, he was president in eight years. Did that happen? Of course it did. Now, I would say that the difference there, because I want to be fair to it, the difference there is that may have legitimately been a mistake where I don't think... Donald Trump cares as much. I think Barack Obama probably cares about being accurate more. I think he probably cares about that more. But we can we can argue back and forth that what Donald Trump does right, wrong, this and that. What I said all during the election, though, is he's got a shot. Now, the week of the election, I thought Hillary was going to clobber him because by then the media had told me it's over. We've done the count. It's over. She wins easy. And I was like, and and so then I just bought into that. I bought into the math of it. I bought into the Vegas math of it. It's going to be an interesting four years. Personally, I don't think it's going to be all four years. And like I said, Michael Moore saying the Electoral College is going to stop him before he even gets there. And I've been saying for weeks, I kind of feel something coming. I feel like Twitter wants its war. Twitter wants to get their man. And I think Trump's their man and they want to get him. And I think maybe that might happen. Be interesting. Like I said, I, uh, I don't think he was the best pick for the country overall. But as a guy that's in the did you hear about this business, Trump gives me amazing amounts of did you hear this. So selfishly for my career, best thing that could have happened. Donald Trump winning. Best thing that could have happened. I'll take it. We'll give you those dead and company tickets to close out the program next on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been with them now a few years and I absolutely love how local and how convenient CSE Federal Credit Union has been for me. Holiday season right around the corner. We all know how expensive that can be. Trying to make sure every gift is bought on that list can be a challenge. So whether you're looking for a loan, maybe a credit card or just gift cards, or maybe just a place to save up the money to get you through the holiday, CSE is there for you. Handle your banking with a place that's 100% local and works with you no matter what your credit score is. And they're going to look at you like a person not just an account number check out more info at csefcu.com
1: on rock 106.9
0: welcome back to the sandsbury show on rock 106.9 online for you brandon writes in and says if trump doesn't get in there is going to be a civil war the way everything has been going I disagree. I think, honestly, I mean, haven't we figured out now that he lost the popular vote by like two and a half million, almost three million votes or whatever the hell it is now? I think, honestly, I think the celebration outweighs the outrage if he doesn't get in. Um, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I think the celebration looks a lot like the protest of when he won, though. I think the celebrations look the same. Cars overturned, businesses on fire, celebrations are going to look exactly the same as the protest did. So you're not even going to be able to tell the difference.
1: As somebody who uh, is not a particular fan of Donald Trump and somebody who worked at to make sure he did not become president if that were to happen i would be pissed i would be furious about it actually that's not how it works and the rules were set up as we started this game that the electoral college decided who's going to be president and donald trump won that and if we're going to have the conversation it can't be retroactive it can't be like oh well popular vote counts now no should it count in the future i think so
0: I mean, we can collectively get a digital readout of people raising their hands now. It seems like uh, it seems like an antiquated way to do things.
1: We got seven minutes left, dude. We can't start breaking down the Electoral College.
0: I'm telling you, man, Twitter's going to get their man. They're going to get it. So I just did something during the commercial break that I think more people need to do. What is that? Somebody sent me something, and my gut reaction was, That can't be real. And instead of getting mad about it, posting it on the internet and going, can you believe they did this? I Googled it, did a little research, turns out not true. And Fisher Price is in a bunch of trouble right now uh, online with people who are on an uprage and they're already calling for a boycott of Fisher Price. And even though the fact that this product is in fact 100% false, fake, Snopes has already proved it. There's a photo, somebody like doctored of it. And that's the first thing I thought of. Like a listener sent this to me. I was like, this is Photoshop for sure. And it's a photo of like a box for a Christmas toy from Fisher Price. And it's a happy hour play set. And it shows like a little baby behind the bar, like wiping the bar down. There's two people standing at the bar. He's got a phone up to his ear. They're holding beer bottles. There's three like bar stools. And it's include a happy hour play set. And people lost their minds about this thing. And it's not even real. No, People are organizing a Fisher-Price boycott. This is what I'm always saying about this stuff. You can't do stop boycotting places. Stop like demonizing these places over things that you don't even know if it's real or not. And your gut reaction when somebody sends you the Fisher-Price happy hour place that isn't like there's no way that's not a thing. Like the first thing I thought was like, that's photoshopped. So sure enough, I Google it. And Snopes is like the first thing that comes up and says, yeah, this isn't real. They're not
1: selling this. Yeah, obviously fake, guys. And, I, 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 like, listen, I think there needs to be a uh, much higher emphasis on the responsibility of the audience to decipher what is and is not real. I would agree. But, uh, dude, there's things that are just going to be obvious. And, like, come on, dude, you shouldn't even have to do any research into that. Like, no, that's fake. <laughs> of course that's not real.
0: Now, a Facebook user who thought it was real, thought it was really funny, says, please tell me this is actually in the works. And they have, of course, said, no, we're not going to do this. Children are our brand. Parents are our brand. That's who's buying our things. If we alienate parents, because let's be honest, a six-year-old's not going into the store most times and buying something off the shelf. I know they have allowance, and you let them buy their own toys when you're in there. It's your money. We all know it. You're the demo, and they're not
1: going to alienate you by doing this. And, you know, I mean, obviously, if... There's 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 plenty of like quote unquote adult toys, and I'm not talking about vibrators. I'm talking about like toys that are designed for adults. Sure. And if there's Battlefield a, One, which I can't wait to play when I get home. If there's a company out there that decided to do like a hey, we're gonna make this you know happy or this you know this 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 happy hour baby playset. I mean, but it's it's obviously not Fisher Price. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, I bet you there is some company out there. That oh, you going to
0: Spencer's this. or something right. like that? Yeah, somebody's
1: got it. Somebody well, like, did it, like, but not like a
0: recognized child's toy brand staple. Quit being dumb, guys. Come on. We're better than this. Like, come on.
1: You thought that was real?
0: 20 seconds on Google is what it took come me to on. find out that that wasn't real. 20. Which, that's less time than it took you to copy and paste the link, post it in your Facebook profile, and bitch about it. Way less. And it was disproved. It's crazy, man. You think Fisher Price is actually going to have a happy hour place That That's hilarious. Little kids holding beer bottles? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. We have dead and company tickets. They're playing Blossom June 28th. Call our tenant 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you those. Aside from that, we are done for this whole day. We will be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great day.